This is Matt Allison, author and artist of Kankor. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. You just hit that one out of the park. How is it possible? It's, it's almost 850 episodes. It's... It's really, it's really disturbing to think that we've done this for 850 weeks almost. Yes, uninterrupted weeks. It's uninterrupted weeks. It, yeah, it no makes... Bolt and shit. Yeah, that was a learning experience. But we did well. Oh, I loved it though. But yes. Yeah, we did well. Yes. There would be well. no this without that. Absolutely. Everything happens yeah. for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. Nothing lasts forever. Except this. Oh, well... Like I said, y'all be long dead, and I'll still be doing this. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, have you named something else? No, no, I don't really? care. I don't care about that shit. I don't. You know what I man, care about? Because it's not. Uh, what do you Look, care about? I think I do know. I care that me. this is eleven o'clock comics episode eight hundred and forty-eight palindrome, and I am Vince B. You are you race car. I am David A. Price. Oh. We have a well. Let's just cut to the chase. Jason's away, yeah. So, so you know to- what that means. Tony comes to play. Everybody, right. Tony Fleece in the house. Hey, I was going to do a fake name like Jason, but like, like, I'll just, like I'll just be me. I it's you could do. A I fake mean, name. I'm I'm. There were no. Um, I, I guess there were no movie premieres tonight. So thanks for coming. Tonight. <laughs> oh, you never <laughs> let him. <laughs> I went to a movie premiere last night. It was not a premiere. It's not like there was a, a red carpet. Your typical red carpet? Stop, stop and repeat or whatever. What uh, did you see? I saw Skybound's own Renfield last night. Oh, shit. How was it? The trailer uh, super fun. me up. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. If you like Dracula and you like uh, Robert Kirkman shit, uh, this is for you. For sure. The Nicholas Kirkman Cage the, looks fucking the screen nuts. story. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Nicholas Cage gives an all-time Nicholas Cage performance. Super that's good. awesome. Yeah, I'm so in. If you just say Nick Cage, I'm like, all I right. Know, yeah, of course, yeah. 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 I'm done. Yep. I don't know why, but and this like, not really a spoiler, but I thought that um, Willem Dafoe was going to play uh, Nosferatu in it. Ah, yeah. Because I remember some news story about he was playing Nosferatu again, uh, and but then I, he was not in it, and so then I wonder if he was in it and he got cut out, or is the news story was about some other... Dracula thing, and I just got them all completed. Uh, he's but, yeah, he's well hung. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a bacon necessarily, but he's doing. Okay, so. <laughs> have Have you ever seen Antichrist? Uh, have I seen Antichrist? If that's if if that's him. He's well, and okay, everybody. Hey, you know who brought this to you? Not Willem Dafoe. No, definitely not. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. What? You want to stretch your omnibus trade paperback and manga dollar even farther? Well, where do you go? Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Get this. I did a little bit of snooping around the site. They are currently having a DC omnibus and more sale. Get this. Unheard of. Absolute Fourth World by Jack Kirby, Volume One, sixty-seven fifty. That's eighty-two fifty off the cover price. 
Absolute Batman, The Dark Knight, three. It's good. Uh, $56.25. That's $68.75 off the list price. What the hell's happening? And now I don't know if I want to say this because I want a copy of this. And by saying this, I may be, you know, robbing myself of a copy. But I have to tell you, Animal Man by Jeff Lemire, Omnibus, $45. Wow. You're saving fifty four ninety nine. That's fifty five percent off. It's insane. Absolute Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, Volume One, Hardcover, forty five dollars. That's fifty four ninety nine off the cover price. I could keep going, but I'm not gonna bore you. Uh, uh hopefully I'm exciting you because all this stuff is freaking cheap. Final Crisis, Omnibus, Hardcover, sixty seven fifty. That's $82.50 off the cover price. What the hell? Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Just go there. Do I, I don't think I have to say anymore, but I should because there's a thing you should remember. If you are a first-time customer, you make an order, you're going to get an email, an order confirmation. What you want to do is you want to reply to that order confirmation say, 11 o'clock comics sent me. And once they receive that email, you are going to get a free shipping credit for your second order. So hopefully, you placed an order last month, and now you're looking at all these Omnibu and massive books, and you're going to be like, I want them all, and I'm not going to pay shipping on anything. So there you go. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Maximum impact, maximum carnage. Boom. Love it. Thank you. Love that place. I've been to the warehouse. It's like uh, heaven on earth. You have been there? Yeah, it's here in, in Long Beach. And my buddy Max uh, is the Max of which you speak. Yes. I know. That's why I keep saying Max. People should know that. I hope yeah. they know that. But I just like to throw a bunch of Max in there. Maximum, you know, all that stuff. Keep it in the conceptual continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, Very good. Very cool shop. I figured Tony was here this week. Why not drink? So, I am drinking, once again, from La Bardada, the Tinta de Toro. Now, this is weird. I almost never do this. Um, This uh, wine is a little more uh, like a bull. (laughs) It has a kick. So... I'm not even finished with the bottle I bought last week, and I bought another bottle today. So I'm thinking that this may be the go-to, because it's very good, and uh, because Jason cares about such things. It has like a 91% rating on that, whatever thing he pays attention to. But, uh, Tony, 15% alcohol by volume. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's... uh, was uh, vented in 2016. Okay. It's from Spain. Screw top or corkscrew? Cork. Nice, okay. Actual uh, cork or a wax cork? What the hell do I know? Um, Okay. Hang on. No, it's a cork because as I was... smooth or is it... No, as I was pulling it out, I broke it Mm. a little bit. Oh, Oh, so it was dry. Um, Oh, it wasn't dry. I bent it. I bent it a little Still, bit. I it's mean, got a break in it. It's got that, that. It's like that commercial with the carrot. 
Do you ever see the commercial with the carrot, with the yes, bent carrot? Yes, It's like, you yes. got to bend in your dick, take this medicine. Yes. <laughs> Any more carrots. And and what is the name of it again, Vince? It is called Tinta de Toro. It's from La Bardada. It was only 16 bucks at Wegmans. On sale. Recommended to me by the... Uh, very uh, helpful man behind the counter last week and i'm just like all right i'll try this he said it's robust it's punchy it's got you know tastes musky i'm like okay all those things i like give me it so i tried it and last week you heard it by the end of the episode last week i was feeling very fine that's not completely the point i like taste and there's that too I like taste i like taste taste is good hell of a tagline yeah There's, there's your pull quote Drink this wine. I like taste. But it has presence. It's not like that watered-down shit. Like, sometimes I get wine, and it's good, but it has no body. It's like, it's thin. This is not thin. Right, Dave. I mean Lee Ross. I didn't call you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just covering the bases, my friend. Uh, I love you. I don't want to get an email. Oh, <laughs> you would not get an email. You, no. would, you would get a visit. Oh, baby. Uh, what are you drinking? Uh, yes, Tony, what are you drinking? Oh, you know what? I wasn't going to drink. Tell us about the coffee. Uh, well, listen, I was going to have just coffee, but then Vince really touched me so by having a drink because I'm here that I went to the cabinet and uh, I went on a cruise earlier this year uh, to down to Mexico and it was an Ensenada, Mexico, just a, like real close to home cruise. It went to like Catalina Island and then over to Ensenada, Mexico, and then back up here to L.A. Uh, but when, when we were in Ensenada, we took an excursion uh, to go ATV riding. It was ATV ride slash uh, tequila tasting. You Ooh. do the tequila tasting after the ATV ride, which makes the most sense, I think. I think. Uh, but I then, you know. I don't know that the tequila is actually special or if it's just a way they trick you into buying tequila after they get you all hyped up on ATV adrenaline. Uh, but we taste a lot of tequilas. And then there was this uh, like liqueur made from tequila. that's like a coffee flavored liqueur called uh, Micredo Cafe. Uh, and it's from Ensenada. And so I'm going to put a little bit of that in my coffee. And I'm going to have one drink and then I'm going to go back to coffee because I have to be up. Till all hours tonight, color and comic book covers. So nice. You can hear it much like much like Tana Ford. I'm like, you'll hear the pour. Get your there it is. I love you, but you're not that cute. <laughs> um, I love 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 tequila. Very smooth. It tastes nothing like tequila. I could just drink this whole thing uh, and just be ruined. Uh, it's got a 13.5 alcohol content all right we're in the same boat yeah so yeah put some of that in my coffee we're gonna have a nice a chill relaxing ass time it's true relaxing ass you're a good boy <laughs> mm, tastes good nice i think tony's uh, the only guest that i could say you're a good boy because he's, <laughs> he's like family you are family dap what are you drinking I am having a very refreshing, quite delicious whiskey sour, courtesy of the Bartesian. Nice. Excellent. Love it. 
I want to go on a little impromptu tangent before we get into the, the meat of whatever we're going to talk about. I was going to surprise Tony and read um, some Star Wars. Because we know how much Tony loves Star Wars. He does love Star Wars. Yes. And I started it, but it's 15 issues. Uh, I didn't get too deep into it. But as I was reading it, it made me remember uh, the other Star Wars extended, what do they call it, extended universe stuff that this creative team had done. And I'm thinking, and I want Tony's opinion on this, I'm thinking that this creative team, it's a duo, is, Mm -hmm. in my estimation, the greatest creative team in the history of Star Wars comics. Bold. All right. I'm listening. Ostrander and Dersima. Definitely a case could be made. Because I'm reading Dawn of the Jedi, and these things are freaking great. And as I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, Legacy was a freaking... It was popping with Cade Skywalker, and it was just a an awesome series. And Republic was really good as well. And I'm thinking, I would have to, if you asked me right now, go ahead, you could do it. Say, say, uh, Mr. B, what is the who are the greatest Star Wars creators of all time? I would have to go with Ostrander and Dersima. Wow, who would be yeah. your pick? Um, you know, I really like. The I like the most engaged I ever was with Star Wars comics because I didn't go too like I read some of the Dark Horse stuff, but I didn't go too deep into it until uh, until the Marvel relaunch, which is very current. I mean, I guess it's probably like seven years ago now. But I my favorite I think Star Wars comics is the. Uh, Cy Spurrier and was it Kev Walker, Doctor Afra comics? Those are my favorite ones. Oh yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, not as not as storied of pedigree. Uh, definitely more, more current and and possibly with the you know if I if I went back and read everything, I would probably change my my vote. But for right now, that's what I like. I think that story. Like I love the. The initial Doctor Affer stuff, but I felt like that, like when it really hit its stride, was that that Spurrier stuff, hmm. which is interesting because I don't have another Spurrier book that I'm like that's the one I that I go to. I think you talked about those one episode. I probably did. I got I'm, really into it. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, I've talked about the uh, the Darth Vader series a lot too. The um, Greg Pack. Vader series. This, yeah, is, did, this yeah. is true, yep. yeah. But the thing that gets my toes all uh, a curl is that this Star Wars stuff I'm reading, the the, the Dawn of the Jedi, um, mm. from what I can tell, Marvel's epic collection is out of print. And the remember when when um, Dark Horse was doing the little uh, the, the you know the small the form factor. Omnibus editions. Yeah. That one's even more expensive. But this, this like Dawn of the Jedi, Force Storm, and then there, there, there are other ones in the fifteen uh, issue run. Though I think it was three five issue miniseries. The prices on these books are ridiculous, like stupid high. 
and it uh, Marvel just published it in 2021, or reprint wow. reprinted it in 2021. And and the epic collection is like when I say ridiculously expensive, I'm talking like seventy five bucks. That's yeah, a that's lot. Awesome. I think that's a lot for an epic collection. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I just I, these stories are great, uh, and I and I love Dersima's art. I really do. But there's a little bit of magic happening when when uh, she and uh, Ostrander are together, and I met them both together. When when I met Ostrander, I met Dersima right next to him. It was, uh, I think it was the that um, convention that Marty and I went to with when Frank Miller was drunk and throwing the first around New York Comic Con. Yeah, throwing around sharpies. Yeah, uh, I mean we did see them at later New York Comic Cons with Jan sitting next to her husband. Right. Yes. Uh, with all three of them together there, uh, you'll never guess. Who my favorite Star Wars creators are? Carlos Meglia. No. No, I um, Al Williamson. Oh, good. Guess. Yeah, he would guess. Uh, actually, there's uh, that's yes because of because of the Return of the Jedi miniseries. Thank you, Archie Goodwin. But uh, because that is the miniseries and an adaptation, um, that holds a special place in my heart because when they were filming Return. We were living out in Arizona at the time, and they were filming the barge scenes out in the desert, which my father thought we would take a drive out and see if we see anybody. We never did, but um, even the uh, the local paper had a Sunday insert, and it, it was when they still had the working title, uh, Revenge of the Jedi, before they decided they realized that Jedis don't exact revenge. But uh, So Return of the Jedi, the, the Al Williamson drawn series holds a special place in my heart but probably from the main ongoing is the um is uh when um joe duffy and uh and and with friends on pencils and and tom palmer on inks hmm. interesting i would like to change my answer to al williamson <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I totally, I totally spaced on Al Williamson. I have that. Uh, I, well, I have that Return of the Jedi in like several different formats. I've got a hardcover. You you're right. You've got the the oversized the the the, the, the Marvel the Spotlight Special. You've got. Listen, the, I have that. I have the the hardcover miniseries. Okay, I didn't know they made a hardcover. That's great. It's the British annual. You know how they. Oh do that? yes, okay. I've got the pocket book version, like the Avon books or whatever. Oh, nice! Like the paperback, uh, and then that. I have uh, I got the artist edition, and then not the Return of the Jedi, but the newspaper strip. I've got that Russ Cochran box set uh, that's like, like the same size and shape as the EC box sets. Uh, and all, every one of them, every page and every one of those things is perfect. That guy was yes. a fucking genius, man. Oh, hell yes. And lived not far away from me. Really? Yeah. Um, do, you, do you meet him? Uh, I met him at uh, Comics on the Green once, yes. Mm. And I got a signed copy of the 2099 Fantastic Four that he was doing the inks. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, so he was... I believe he, he lived he in Honesdale, which is close. I mean, I know he inked Leonardi on, on Spider-Man 2099. I didn't know he, he 
Think yeah, he did. The, uh, I think he did two issues of the Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine. Okay, or m- maybe more. I don't know, but uh, he was there. He was in the shop. He was signing them. I was like, I love you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I I need to get my hands on this this Dersima Ostrander epic collection, uh, Dark Horse Omnibus. I don't care. I need I need yeah. I need these books. They're just so good. Um, and I think Marvel published an omnibus of Legacy too, right? Yes, I gotta or at least that. an Epic collection. But yeah, yeah, I got to get that too. I need to. I'm not a. I love Star Wars, but I don't need um, all of it because let's yeah. be honest. A lot of, there were a lot of of um, you know dark alleys that <laughs> the stuff went down. And hmm. it was, but for the most part, I think Dark Horse did a, an exemplary job. On, on Star Wars, they, the the bulk of it is very very good, uh, but I, the Ostrander Dusima stuff is like the cream, man. I need it. Here's a little fun fact, not that you care, but when Williamson was doing the Daily Star Wars strip, I would cut them out of the newspaper, and it would have been okay if I had just saved the strips, mm. right? Because even though they would have browned over time, that's what time does to paper. So it would have been okay. But what I did was I glued them mm-hmm. into uh, this this homemade book that I that I threw together, and I found them maybe twenty years after the fact. As we were cleaning out my mom's my mom's house, and you couldn't even recognize. I mean, the the, the glue had just eaten right through the paper they were it was like horrible um so yeah stupid me but now i mean i can just you can get them right they're out yeah. there but it was, yeah I, I cut them out every day snip 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 oh i got another one uh <laughs> I, catch them all. I i cut it i cut out those strips to feed entropy that's what i did yep it's it's not sated yeah i look at those uh those williamson the Star Wars stuff, and then somebody, a Flesk just put out like a big art of Al Williamson. It's like the size of an artist edition, but it's just like an art book uh-huh. recently. And I flipped through that a lot, and those artist editions. Uh, that's a, like that's a lot of like what I'm what I'm ripping off in Local Man. Not as effectively, obviously. That guy's a genius. I'm just uh, like a, you know, whatever. But <laughs> like I always look to him as like a, a North Star of what it should be like. Yes. Anyway. A lot of notes for this one. A lot hmm. of notes. For this episode or this Star Wars? This episode. Yeah, we're getting, oh, we're getting up there. Um, oh, you keep contemporaneous notes, you're saying. Yes. I, I have an Orama myself. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> we all have an Orama because we, uh, well, uh, we threw a couple of uh, advanced previews at Tony because, yeah. you know, he he's... And he probably had it. He probably was like, oh, it's so cute. They're sending me stuff that I got months ago. No, did you have these, Tony, or no? Well, which one are we talking about first? Any of them. Did you have any of them? I I did a cover for World Tree, so I had read uh, half of that first issue of World Tree because there's like a a Dropbox where it had the preview pages and stuff so I could know what I was drawing. Yeah, you need a reference. All right. So, um, 
Uh, I, I, the, the name is just hard to type. Let, let's talk about... <laughs> it really is. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. for you, James. I get it. Let's talk up World Tree. Yeah, uh, we can't go too deep, obviously, because it's an advance. It's it's. When does it? Is it? Is they it got pushed week? back. It was supposed to be this week. I thought it was the twelfth. Okay. They got pushed back to the twenty-sixth because they had to reprint it. Be was there an error or misprint or? Yeah, I think some of the pages printed super dark. I, I read in like a bleeding cool or something about it because this cover that I'm doing or that I did is for a, a convention that I'm going to be at next week. And so I, I think they got their, their covered, like their issues, okay. Uh, but the, the my shop had issues out because they were supposed to, like, get them and then throw them away or send them back or whatever. But they don't pay that close attention. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're reprinting, so it won't print as dark in some places. We didn't have that problem because we read it digitally. Right. But you guys at home, the 11 o'clockers, will read this on the 26th. Nice. This is true. Um, so without spoiling too much of it, uh, there exists something called the Undernet, which is, uh, from what we're led to believe, uh, you know, the the uh, the Darknet uh, on on uh to to its its illogical limits it's bad it's bad stuff and um a long time ago some of the characters you will encounter in this issue um confronted this undernet and uh, were managed to become victorious by something called the world tree so the, when the book takes place it, there's a lot of flip-flopping back and forth when when, when the book takes place in the present day, uh, the undernet is resurfacing. And for whatever reason, uh, a young, stupid kid uh, plugs into the undernet and uses it to bamboozle a series of victims that he kills and li- he live streams their murders. Well, it seems like, to be fair, it seems like the kid is also bamboozled. Like he's, yes. he's bought in hook, line, and sinker or whatever. There's like a because of the video he watched. Yeah, there's like an underground internet situation. This kid went too deep and got like possessed or fucked up, hopefully, unless he's just like a, a school shooter type. But it seemed like he, he's like one of these true believers, like the like the guy that busted into Comet Pizza and Pinball with a gun. You know, like one of these people is just like, we're, we're, we're bringing on a new world order and I, I, this is how it starts. But he, so he's either a true believer or he's he's bewitched the same way that these people are bewitched. It looks like he's bewitched because there's like digital uh, effects in the artwork. Yes, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for this kid. No, no, sure. No. Uh, because he's he's reveling in the fact that he's just what what did I, at some point in the issue they said that he killed like what sixty people? Sixty his neighbors. We are going to by the way. If you haven't read this yet, we're just going in. Well, let's not go too deep. So so there's something called the Undernet that once you see it or once you're exposed to it, um, uh, as were the victims of this kid, you, you're distracted. It, it's so mesmerizing. Like it, It's like your first time all over again. And uh, that's what allows him to, 
to do what he wants to do to these people. Meanwhile, you got naked Yolandi running around. Fucking oh, yeah! Oh my god! Uh, it's it's a I I call her Yolandi because she looks a lot like Yolandi Fesser from uh, the End Word. Uh, but she's completely nude, tattooed, uh, kind of beautiful. She's got tribal markings on her face and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, but she's she's uh, wandering around, uh, um, unleashing things. Or or observing things or putting things into motion, let's just say, um, or and and uh, tying up loose ends. I don't want to give too much away because it's it's a cool book. Um, I had a, an intense fascination with it because uh, of the whole um, "fuck it, everything sucks, let's just burn it down and start over." Right. That that that's the tone of this book. Like, there's just a very dark dismal um all hope is lost type of an edge to it don't you guys think the same uh i think that's what some of the characters think uh, but why i liked it was because it had like for a first issue it has a lot of different layers and it looks like there's at least three different groups that will be following right? yeah. i assume they'll start to collide but i think uh like you said like you don't have any um, sympathy for the for the shooter kid, which obviously in all of these real life cases I I also do not. But I think it's interesting that uh, uh, Tynan is one, like one of the characters that we're going to be following is the kid's brother and his girlfriend. Yeah, and like they're the the most likable, most human characters we read in this book, <laughs> and it's like it's a way that we're going to humanize this kid by just like sort of seeing where he came from, how he got lost, and sort of like, you know, what his brother's perspective was on that. Like, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. And that's why, like, if it was just sort of like, you know, burn it all down and start it over and everything sucks, I don't know that I'd be as uh, invested in checking out the second issue, but where where it looks like they're going to, like, dig in and follow a bunch of these different groups and see see like the people who created it and the people who are like pushing it forward now and the people who are affected by it like that's interesting to me yeah well and it's very interesting i mean so far i'm glad you talked about or you you brought up the fact that the likable characters (laughs) to to me the only likable character is uh Fear, aka Yolandi, because so she's she's beautiful. She's up yes. to no good. Um, this this uh, boyfriend girlfriend thing. He's a disturbing puppy dog who wants nothing more than to please his girlfriend, and she's got something going on too. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so at all. Why do you think he's a puppy dog? Because he's Dude, he's, he's freaking. Oh, he's driving and he's trying to look at her in the eye like oh yeah you're so you're so deep you have such feelings like just shut up and drive talk to me as you're driving like i'm on her side in that argument just come on stop playing just drive but it just seems like he's he he just uh, uh, my son would call him a tryhard right he just wants to be loved like a puppy dog i mean i don't Maybe they love each other, Vince. Maybe they're in a relationship. No, not for no. I don't. I think he loves her, but there, there's been there's clues that I think he's needy. But yeah, I, I don't extremely know. Extremely really needy. Have enough to. I got enough. See where uh, you got enough. <laughs> I got enough. I mean, we 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 get 
him talking to her and then he goes in to check on his brother and it's like it's so I don't know but yes when he does go to check in that's when uh, we see maybe something else is going on with um, right with Ellison's girl and since we did mention James Dean the fourth as, as your writer uh, the artist by Fernando Blanco uh, colors by Jordi Belair and um, and I, it was we had just finished talking about Department of Truth with our book of the month and uh, earlier that week um, I got the PDF the preview for this and I figured okay let me let me read it once we've done once kind of sort of almost at the same time as I was rereading those first five issues of, of Department of Truth and it, it's I know that um, there are people who feel that uh, like um, maybe something's killing children or the nice house something like that people are ranking james's work which one might be the best i don't i'm not saying that with the first issue that um that world tree is going to rank up there but it ha- as far as because i haven't read something's killing children yet i'm not big on horror um and as much as i do love department of truth i'm holding that off to decide as as something special, so I'm not including it in this. But as far as the first issue goes, um, James definitely did enough here that um, made me interested and wants to see where where things go from here. So it's it's another strong uh, for me anyway. Strong strong first issue in in a, in kind of a sort of he's still dealing with human nature and and how wrong things can go, but it's a little different than I think some of the other work he's putting out. Yeah. I think that the events of world tree could exist concurrently with department of truth. This could take place in the same, uh, fictional construct. It could be the same universe. There's no reason why they can't. It could be. Yeah. 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 And there's one image. Uh, I will not say what it is, but it is the, uh, it, it, you will see it for the album art for this episode. It is just a great freaking page. I love it. It is. It's That's splash page. Yes. Spears nipples. No. Nope. No, you're talking about the the the, the nude one. No, I'm not. I can't put that on the spot. I no. know. I, it's actually the page exactly after it. Yeah. I love that image. That's great. Yeah. Very good. It's gritty, dirty, and and it just speaks to the premise that there's something going on here, um, in the in the digital realm. That is yeah. affecting the, the 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 real quote real world. No, I think this is a, is a um, it, it's very interesting. Um, I, I like we there. I don't have I don't have any idea where any of this uh, is going. I don't know, but it's it it's going to be neat to to see this unravel. I probably will be rooting for the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I think you will. Yeah, we didn't yeah. talk at all about the, the Gabriel, the sort of like tech, uh, like tech billionaire type that is that's the tied in with the the original World Tree and sort of like knows yeah. what the tech angle of this is. Uh, that's interesting to me too. Like just this this because it starts off and this guy Gabriel calls one of his old friends who they had when they were teenagers sort of like caught this virus or whatever that was you know gonna turn people into devils or or destroy the world or whatever 
and uh, they shut it down, and now it's you know what, twenty years later or whatever, and they have to do it again. And he doesn't think they're going to be able to pull it off this time because because the internet is much more powerful than it was you know when when they when they originally had this issue. But I like the sort of like uh, it's sort of it you know it chapter two right like the Pennywise. oh yeah yeah here's later and yeah yeah we're all grown up. Yeah, so I, I like that in it. I like that storytelling device. Uh, almost whenever you pull it up, you know, like you got to go get the gang back together and see how everybody's changed, and then you have you know all these histories. Like I think that's interesting too. So I uh, I I I may also root for the bad guys in this because I think like just the mayhem that they're pulling off is crazy, and that, and that's you know as somebody who does like horror, I I sometimes. It, We'll just go that way, but I I do think all the all the people characters have a lot of room to be like super interesting and and like there's a lot of twists and turns that can be little yeah that could have been here. I I, I presume we're going to see some flaws because I Gabriel who may have you know been important as far as uh, saving the world last time. Um, yeah. He 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 can maybe give off that uh that kind of attitude where um you know he may think it all falls on him to save the day again i do like um i appreciate i respect liam for telling gabriel off and then saying you know you want us all there then we're all getting upgraded to first class regardless yeah. of what anybody said you're you're flying this out it's like he's got it all right there so i have a feeling i'm probably gonna be keen on liam but there's also yeah. a, a a chance where I think uh, Liam's going to do something stupid, or I'm just going to be like, "You're an idiot." Yeah, I hope he dies miserably. <laughs> oh my god! No, because he's like, he's like, dude, we can't. It's terrible. It's horrible. You know what happened last time? It's it's just not possible. Oh, I'm coming, but make sure I get a first class ticket. Like that's the thing that's on your mind, really? You're Did you also so- hate when Rockhound and Armageddon said he didn't want to pay taxes ever again? <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's, it's like I hope this guy gets hit by the asteroid. Seriously, <laughs> so greedy. That's that's the thing that's on your mind. You want to fly first class? All right. He, no, no. He's first of all like everybody thought it was over and done behind him. Gabriel had the foresight to you know keep it off the net and and, and still hold on to it because just in case, which is fine. I I I, I you know I get it. You, you just want to cover all your bases and you got every contingency plans. But yeah, I mean, Liam thought it was all behind them all and, and you know, we're moving on and, and it's just like exactly like the, the, the it analogy from Tony. It, it's like, listen, we, we've all moved on with our lives. This is it. This was the past. It, it was, it was horrible and we're trying to move on and now you're bringing it back up. You're dredging it back up. And, and yeah, he's going through, he's going through a lot and, and this is how he's processing. And yeah, if you want me to come out there, if I can make it worth my while, I, I have no problem with that. And obviously, Gabriel can swing it, so Gabriel can eat one up. And he also said, he said, make sure you do it for everybody else, even if they yes, didn't ask for it. Even if they didn't ask that, for it, absolutely. That's, that's great. So that's we're all going to risk our lives, but damn it, we came here first class. So that's right. It, that makes if I'm gonna, if, it if makes I'm gonna, no if, damn if sense. If my dates are numbered, I might as well go out in style and comfort. Yeah, man. Why, Why don't you? Drive wait a minute. Here's an idea. Sweaty. Here's an idea. Just stay home. Don't go then. If if, if it's that terrible and you're risking your life, just stay home. Then there it's going to be a really short series. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, uh, 
it's it just, gets everybody it's, there quicker. Would, do, do you want two two issues of people just driving across country to get mm-hmm. to Gabriel's house? No, I, mm-hmm. the, the 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 way they get there just is not my concern. The fact that he demanded he and everyone else be given first class tickets. It's petty. It's insignificant. No, it's not petty. Their it's world super has, petty. Has been turned upside down. It is not petty. It's it, it's, it's. If that's small, your concern, going into a world-ending event, and, and it's it's the least he could do. My 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 brother, if <laughs> this is if this is going into digital apocalypse, and you are stressing the fact that you better get there first class, you're a petty bitch. And I. I think- Ask Jason to get you a first class ticket in this situation. I never flew first class. <laughs> I don't care to. But whatever. You, it's your last flight. You're like, I'm going to do this in style. Damn yes. right. You want me there quick? <laughs> oh my God. I don't. <laughs> I better be well rested. If we have to face this, then yeah. yeah. I need, I need to have a middle careful. seat. You can save the world on with that sort of. Seriously. Can you back? I'm tired. I'm hungry. I can't, you know. No. I, now you want me to like save the world? No. They don't even do peanuts anymore. Just they give you that packet that's that just croutons on it. And What's boom. happening? <laughs> what is happening? All right, Tony, I have a question for you. And yes. um, I am Jason's sock puppet at this very moment because he had a question last week and he said, well, maybe we should ask Tony when he comes on. So Tony's on, so I'm going to ask the yeah. question. We were talking about Local Man number 2. I don't know if you listened to it last week. I'm sure you did. I when, did. You guys have a nice thing to say thank you very much. Okay. But are you and Tim strategically planning the weight of each issue in terms of um, who does what? Like, if if, if you know you're going to be super busy in two months doing whatever it is you're doing behind the scenes, are you sliding the story into Tim's uh, illustration style and vice versa? Or are you guys just letting the story dictate who does what and you're just going to have to get it done? Um, a little bit we're planning it like that. Whereas, like, letting Tim take on more stuff or me do more stuff. And some of the stuff uh, will, like, like he'll be, you know, helping me out on the pages that I'm doing if I have. Because on, on all the first arc, I have more pages. Uh, well, you're definitely doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I, d- I have more pages to draw for sure. And that, that is the part that takes the longest. And, I and you know, we write it together. Uh, Tim... Uh, Tim, like I think I've explained it before, but he usually goes through and does the first draft after we have it sort of like figured out, and then I'll do a draft, which doesn't take nearly as much time. And so that time when he's doing the first draft, I'm I'm just drawn away. But that is much faster. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, putting more hours in on this first arc. But I sent you guys pictures uh, of a thing we're working on right now for after the first arc. Which will definitely be way more Tim than me, because uh, uh, it's a we're doing like a crossover thing. It's called Local Man Gold, um, and it's going to be uh, like a one shot gold foil special issue. Where uh, I don't want to give away too much of the plot details, but it's like a, uh, you can pick it up if you haven't read anything else, and it'll get you up to speed on everything. And then also, it's a crossover with a bunch of other like image comic superheroes. So, uh, and the cover is designed to look like Deathmate. So it's called gold because there was never a gold Deathmate. 
um, except for like special, you know, like right. incentive covers or whatever. If you do uh, a, a local man, yellow, red, I will lose my damn mind. <laughs> yeah. Do one between every arc. Not yeah, that would be idea. awesome. Did you see the? Did you see the one I sent you? Where did you send it? Check check your text message. Text message me on my phone. I don't phone? know if you sent it to the group. Did you send it to us individually? Because I got it just the. Yeah, my phone's up, my phone's upstairs. Oh, for God's sake, dude! I production. Right. Um, well, look at but, it. But but yeah, it's a crossover, and we're I'll reveal a couple of the people we're crossing over with because uh, it's just too exciting, and we're not announcing this for a while. But you guys are you know we're family here, so oh. I figure just between you and me and the couple thousand listeners, uh, we're gonna have uh, Street Angel, we're gonna have Striker. Uh, and the one I'm possibly the most excited about that tell me if you guys give a shit. <laughs> I, I think it's just me and Tim Seeley that will be most excited about this. Possibly Todd McFarlane. Uh, Boof from Boof in the Poof. Oh, oh Jesus. My God. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Classic John Cleary, Todd McFarlane character from the from the early days of Image, uh, and and he's going to be mixed up in this crossover too. So it's sort of like the premise for this is like, uh, buddy, what are you doing? You humping? Mm. You talking to me? Uh, yeah, uh, always. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh in my sleep. So the premise for this is, uh, let me just let him settle. All right, before you get into that, uh, has anybody said, oh, man, this is a goal of mine because we could dredge up, like, stuff from the past, repackage it, reprint it, and tie it into your series. This is great for, for you know, the legacy stuff. Like, I, I would love that. As for, for right now, I think it's more in a case of, like, we're just trying to get people to, to visit their dollar bins you know, go digging and sort of find this old stuff that we think is so cool and that inspired us. Uh, but if listen, if this local man gold issue is a is a smash hit and somehow there's a boof in the Bruce Crew trade paperback out of that, uh, I, I will feel like my work here is done. Yes, excellent, excellent. Um, but yeah, the the premise is basically like there's a, a Deathmate style crossover that happens. Is it Deathmate? We don't know. Uh, but uh, the effects are felt here years later in the future, and so our guy Jack has to go on a on a mission to set things right, and he's going to need help along the way from some of these other, you know, Image Comics superheroes. So it's sort of the the what we've been doing so far is like two separate worlds, where like every once in a while somebody from his past will show up in in his small town, but for the most part, it's like we show the modern day stuff and we show the superhero in the past stuff and this is more uh cramming it all together and having our guy and then it'll be image united style where we'll be drawing our characters on the same panel wow. it's not like it's not like todd mcfarlane and john cleary are drawing boo for jim ruggs drawing street angel or whatever but it'll be Seely on in the same panel as me and Seely will be doing the superhero stuff and i'll still just be drawing the the real life people the nice. modern day people I'll, I'll say it so Dap doesn't have to. Unlike Image United, you're actually going to get it done. There we go. <laughs> well, we're just doing it for one issue, so that I think is. Oh, maybe... well, then we should be able to do it then. Yes. Yeah. I'm. Sh- I, I'm very confident you'll get it done. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah, but that'll come out in in late August. Early August is the trade paperback, uh, the first arc, and then late August will be this, and then uh, after that we'll jump into the second arc. Um, yeah. Well, I I hope you weren't offended by what I said last week because I I was being tongue in cheek when I said that you suddenly woke up one morning and found oh. out how to make comics. But no, I agree with you. It, right, you you have a certain amount of of purging you need to do as an artist. You got to burn through X amount of bad pages and X amount of typewritten pages before you get to, it's uncovered. You 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 get that quote Tony Flea style, and I think that yeah. you're you're well into that, and you've you've been well into that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's just sort of like uh, all those bad pages. I call them uh, just you know like my license stuff and you know the the indie stuff that I would do before and it, it like it always had my voice. I thought, but it was me figuring out how to tell stories in in this format and and then also figuring out like plot wise and story wise what works and then getting more confident about you know just making stuff without worrying about like. The main thing that I felt like w would always hold me back when I was, uh, like before now, was I was always just like, is this good enough to be a comic? Because I love comics so much. And like, you know, I, if, if I'm going to make something, it's got to be the greatest, you know, like I have to think about it forever and really noodle it and, and stuff like that. And I still have a lot of anxiety when I'm writing and, and when I'm outlining and stuff like that. And I think that's important. Um, but I don't have that thing anymore where I'm just like, well, you know, like uh, this has to be great because it's a comic. Like I, 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 I at least know now, like I'm going to be able to make this uh, pretty good. So I, so I should just <laughs> go ahead and start making it, you know? Yes. I can start this journey without worrying about, you know, if, if, if I'm going to get to the destination. <laughs> you don't have to look in the mirror like Stuart Smalley anymore and say, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Uh, but that is it. Like that was a real thing that would, you know, it it, it wasn't like crippling, but it would stop me from from like following ideas where I would I would have an idea and then I would just sort of like let it go because I'm just like, nah, you know, like that's not as good as you know whatever my favorite comics at the time were. So it's just been a it's been a journey of getting to the point where I'm just going like, well, what's going to be good about it is the way that I pull this idea off, you know? Right. I think a lot of careers never really begin or 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 uh, ascend to a, a proper level because a lot of creative types are always looking for that idea, right? That elusive great idea that's going to like make them blow up instead of like there's nothing wrong with producing enjoyable comics. Like you don't have to rewrite the the medium, you know, or yeah. or, or reinvent the medium. Just just make really entertaining comics that's all you need mm -hmm. uh but you know the like like the the brass ring a lot of uh creative types they're searching for that thing that that rewrites their their creative dna and everybody knows them i get it it, it it's it's something to to aspire to great but um there's nothing wrong with wet works right <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wetworks is a great concept, though. It's just like I—I I would love to get set loose on Wetworks one day. And maybe just, that'll happen. Why don't you have Wetworks in in the local man universe? Can't. It's Wildstorm. Cannot. Yeah. Wait but, a minute. Wetworks was Wildstorm in the beginning. Yeah. 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 yeah it's well, Jim Lee stuff. Yeah. 
Wills worked with with Jim. Oh, but Todd yeah. was making figures of the the Wetworks. Oh, please. <laughs> that is true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Say no more. But um, so that is uh, that's two. So we only need well, we need one more for Ninja Rama, but I have two. So yeah, we're gonna have maybe an all image episode. Oh, excellent, until, excellent. Until Daph wants to talk about Superman at the end. Uh, no Superman. There okay. you go. Did either of you Perfect. read read Terror War? <laughs> no, no. Tell us. Okay, uh, this is. I think this is an advance. Um, so I won't then advance uh, Orama, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not gonna go i I'm gonna go deep. Whatever. Uh Terror War number one, written by Saladin Ahmed. Oh yeah, this was from his uh his substack. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um Tony knows the illustrator, uh Dave Acosta from over at Dynamite. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um I believe I mean among among other things, uh Dave did Elvira, right? Uh, inks by Jay Leaston. Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah. And the color art is by Walter Pereira. Uh, this is, uh, the concept is really neat. They got a guy named Muhammad Cho. What does he do? Well, he's a terror fighter. One of the rare few who can generate brain bullets. To combat physical manifestations of society's deepest, darkest fears. Mm. Okay? Yeah, that's all you need to know. Their fears are made real, and these guys, these terror fighters, are running around killing them uh, or dis- or eliminating them. But if, if uh, terror touches you, it's not good. It's like the man thing. They're going to burn you to ash. So it's Cho's job to keep these terrors at bay. In the first issue, there's a giant childlike frog in bib shorts stomping down the street. It's got a little bit of a Ghostbusters edge to it, like big giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, you know, like threatening the city. It's funny, but it's also very dire because if a giant frog was walking down a street, you'd be like, what the hell? Um, and we see firsthand what these terrors can do to people because one guy gets a little too close, a little too cocky. He was, uh, instead of running away from it, he went to pull out a weapon and the thing got him and it just burned him to right to ash. Uh, and so Cho eliminates this thing. Um, Cho also has a posse, a, a squad, and you'll learn all about them when you pick up the book. This squad responds to another terror threat. This time, a giant zombie soldier. It's really cool. And they uh, they eliminate said soldier, but somebody swoops in at the end to uh, rob them of their bounty. And I'm not going to say anything more than that. What with it not being published yet? But... Uh, Dave Acosta looks a little like John McRae here, and that's a very, very good thing. That's a good thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it. You know, there's not a whole lot of le- heavy lifting in this book. It's just straight up fun. You don't need to know a lot. There are um, bad dreams made flesh. They they need to be eliminated because they'll burn the fuck out of you. And there's guys that do it. And there are rivals within the terror fighter. Uh, 
squads, I guess you can call them. I thought it was fun. Uh, name of the city's Blue City, and uh, that's neither here nor there. But I think it was kind of cool, Blue City. You know, it's got a a, a uh, I don't want to say Blade Runner, but there's a uh, there's an info dump air to the street scenes, like very uh, chaotic and and very high stimulus, like advertisements everywhere and uh, uh, assorted bric-a-brac with the with the architecture, with different uh, types of people living in different areas. It's a really cool-looking book. I thought it was a lot of fun. Terror War, number one. Um, I can tell you exactly when it's going to be released because I have the date right here. It's on sale 419 which is next week. So get your asses to a comic shop and pick up Terror War by Saladin Ahmed and Dave Acosta, among others. It was fun. If you're looking for a cool distraction without a whole lot of backstory, just go get this book. Hey, look, Tony it, sent us images. It looks fun. It does. It is fun. That's a great cover. Do I do anything with this, like, in terms of no. Okay. Just, that's just for you. Oh, nice. Even better. That's a great cover, my friend. Ooh. Yeah. Send us two of them. That's right. This is the best part. The best kind of podcasting right now, where you you don't at home don't get to know, but we're we're all looking. <laughs> stuff. Can I say the name of the character flying on the sure. side? fire breathers in this? Yeah, man. No shit. Phil Hester and Andy Coons fire breather. My first. Yes. One of my first Image Comics appearances, I did backup stories in that book years ago. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is this oversized or is it 32 pages? Uh, it'll be a little bit bigger. It's not going to be like perfect bound. Five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't mind paying five bucks for a book if it's oversized. No, I yeah. yeah. I mean, all of ours are oversized. I feel like we should have been charging a little extra anyway because... Uh, every time we do an issue, it's like we have to add pages to it because we don't really keep track of how many. Like, we're not. It's not like work for hire where it has to hit twenty or twenty-two. We're just like, well, the story goes this long, and then they'll be like, yeah, you need to add more pages then. <laughs> and so we're always, we're always going going longer on this book. But yeah, this one will will also be longer. Nice. Yep. Where are you here first? Awesome. You heard um, here first. We have more image. You hinted at something that you said well, maybe more to come. What do you got? Yeah, I'd love to talk about. Um, I was going to save this for my in my travels, in your travels, in my travels as well. Uh, and I think I brought it up before, but I think my probably my favorite book that comes out right now is Black Cloak from Image. Damn, I love you. Love you. And I'm glad you love this book too. Uh, this Mary McLaren is so good in this thing. She does art and colors. Um, and the book is a police procedural set in a fantasy world, but it's in the future. So it's like sometimes they say when you do a high concept, you don't want to have more than two things. But this is three things. But it works perfectly because uh, these two creators are really in harmony with this thing, like really making a, something special, I think. Um and I love when Kelly Thompson does 
uh, like detective books. Yes. Um, I feel like I've talked about this on here before, but like I, she did a, a like a Nancy Drew miniseries of Dynamite that I thought was fucking great. Um, and this is fucking great too. Um, and this issue four, they go and have like the, the detectives go to question the mermaids who are like these savage killers that live under sea. They're, they're sort of like half mermaid, half sirens. Um, and so they have this very trippy uh, encounter with the mermaids and the art, it gets crazy. Like the art gets super trippy um, just because of the way that the, the being in proximity with these mermaids affects non-mermaid people. Um, and uh, But they had to go down there because the, there was a, a mermaid who got killed by a poisoned dead body that got dumped in the, in the mermaid waters. And it's this whole mystery that, they, that they've been trying to track down who killed um what's her name what's the Phaedra's name well uh yeah who killed phaedra's uh ex-fiance the, the prince uh frail yeah that, that's what I, that's something i have trouble with is, is fantasy names um but yeah yes yeah, uh but yeah like the the issue's great like it's it's the fourth issue, and I read another fourth issue this week too, and that one just felt like it was uh, just moving us forward to the fifth issue, the finale. You know, like the this one feels like a real chapter in a story, and there's like you get backstory, and you get like character stuff, and I think one of my favorite things about this is the way Kelly Thompson writes the characters in this because it's such a high concept thing because it's like a murder mystery in a fantasy world in a future um and it's like so bright and and the artwork is so expressive but the way she writes the characters is so under like they're underplaying it uh so these are just people you can tell by the way she writes it that they know each other very well and like they they'll say things like meet me at that place from that time with that thing yeah, you know, and, and it's sort of like half of it's like cop talk, but half of it is uh, people who are who are very good friends and like have a a language that's all their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like that's great. The characterization is great, but just the way that everybody plays it sort of low key, I think is is what sets this apart. Because like if you asked me, if you said like, tell me how this thing is going to sound, it's a fantasy police procedural set in the future, mm-hmm. I would think it would be like, you know, sort of like verily and these and they's and, you know, and, uh, or just like over the top, like, uh, like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings type adventure stuff. And that they sort of, it's like, they talk almost like they talk in homicide, right? Like they just talk like, right. like just normal cops and you're just getting like snippets of conversations and almost you know, uh, but it all it all makes sense, and and, and you're super invested in it. Uh, great book, Black Cloak. Yes, Kelly Thompson, Meredith McLaren on art and colors, letters by Becca Carey. Uh, Wait, they before, did before we move on. Yeah, I just have uh, a couple things. Number one, Dap and I love this book. Jason does not. He read it and he doesn't love it. He does not like it. Wow. Yes. I wonder what it is. It, it's it's the art. He, I mean, he's a Kelly Thompson fan for sure, but I don't think he, he's not grooving to the art. Yeah, wow. his his loss. Uh, number yeah. number two. Oh, for sure. Is it wrong to find the mermaid super sexy? 
<laughs> Which one? The translator? He's asking the... the man who draws ponies um, yeah. for some pervert. No, I mean all of them. <laughs> Pretty much all of them. Um, I don't want to say much because I didn't see this on Dap's think... list. No, I didn't get... Th- because, well, I, I, I told you about the third issue. I finally got the... Um, because I was waiting for a replacement copy. So I, I finally got the one with the little bend in the back cover at half off. And I picked up the fourth issue yesterday at the same time. So I haven't nice. read either yet, but it's, it's fine. All right. Um, the mermaids are sexy. The mermaids are like, they, she goes far afield on some of these character designs. Like, you know, they, they look different than you would expect, but the mermaids pretty much look like mermaids. Yeah. Well, vicious mermaids, but yeah. Yeah. They got, they got more fins. Yeah. And their mouths do open up like blade two. Yeah, <laughs> I would yeah, guess that um, anyone buying original art from this book is going to be a tad bit disappointed because it seems to me I don't know if it's digital or not. But yeah, I, there's no original art from this book. Oh, there's not. Yeah, that's my guess. This this looks very digital. Yeah, uh, but I mean, a lot of it's a lot of the uh, the the work is done open. in in the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what else would I want? Oh, best line in the four issues, let's live here. Um, (laughs) and I really, I think it's awesome that the sexuality in this series with this issue is very fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, again, Dap didn't read it, but it seems like, um, there's no shame in just being with someone for the fact that you want to be with them. Well, I got that with the the second issue when um, Vader was talking to the uh, her coworker, medical examiner, coroner. Who did it. so? It's it's yes, obviously she was with the prince, and but yeah. know, the, the fluidity is 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 apparent. I like the um, I like the flashbacks because they're not. I, I like the way the flashbacks look, the way the the, the colors mm-hmm. will tone down. It's 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 quite apparent without beating you over the head or changing the panel borders or making it look hazy or darker it's just it's it's a more lighter pastel kind of color tone and it, it's just it works I, I just I like the way I like the whole package yeah I have to agree with you I think it's a great book if, and, if oh, you dig no. this what I can't uh, no I can't upload any more things to the the uh, the gallery depth we're full yep Okay. Now, if you dig this black cloak, uh, th- these creators uh, worked together before and had a book come out in 2015 from Dark Horse called Heart in a Box. Yes. Uh, which it sort of reads like it's the story is a completely different thing, but it's the same creators, and you can sort of see like I look at it as sort of like the proto black cloak. Like it's sort of like they're figuring out like what their collaboration is and what their thing is uh, because to, at, by the time we get to this one like it's a like it's a team that works super well together um not that they don't in heart in a box but it's like the, you know it's seven years later or whatever now and then they both of them are are stronger and it's it's really nice but i but, ordered I, I ordered that uh right after we had kelly on actually oh awesome yeah you know what i haven't listened to that episode oh that my was, god i go back in crates for that one yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was pre-pandemic I don't think I've ever heard her interviewed, uh, but I'm just sort of like a fan of her work from afar. We had a good time. We did. 
Yeah. Nice. And it was odd because we met her the second we connected. Like it, we were we were speaking um, through email and stuff, but we never really sat down and, and spoke together until mm-hmm. I pressed record. Hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm up listening to that tonight while I'm coloring. Aww. Nice. Look at you. Take him one for the team. <laughs> uh, I hear you all the time. <laughs> there was one more uh, image book in the mix, yes? Yes. Yes. Crazy book. Wow. Uh, written and illustrated by Dylan Burnett with uh, color by Walter Biamonte and Sarah Antonellini. Yes. It's going to be in stores May 17th of this year. So I don't think we can go super deep on this because that's a that's a huge lead time. Uh, again, May 17th. So you still have time to tell you know your LCS owners to reserve me a copy. Hopefully they ordered more than one. Um, I'm sure they did. This thing is called Arcade Kings, number one. Without uh, really getting too deep into it, it's about. Um, I mean, God. this is an unspoilable first issue. What are you worried about? What do you mean it's unspoilable? There are there are things to be spoiled. Um, really, I think so. I think this is a, a a good comic, but it's not like there's a big twist in it that you're like, well, I hope that we don't tell the readers about this before, you know, like, it's, yeah, I mean, just, no, it's not like, it's, it's, <laughs> like there's stuff freaking overkill doesn't appear in it, but still like tell them, yeah. tell them why they should the read it. Five pages of world tree. Like that would have spoil spoil the reading, you know, enjoyment for the, for right. the listeners. Well, but this all right. one, Let's hear the Tony Fleece version of this. Tell me, tell me th- about this coming. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, editor Amanda LaFranco, who also hired me to do those uh, uh, dark ride covers. So already, I love this book. Uh, beautifully edited. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait no a minute. Bias. No bias here. No, stop. <laughs> you did covers for Dark Ride. You don't know this. How did I not know? The, the, the... I, well, to say that I did them is a bit of an overstatement. I'm the art director for the the Disney incentive covers on Dark Ride. Uh, you have to have seen them where there's like one that's like The Little Mermaid and one that's like Snow White and one that's like 101 Dalmatians and DuckTales. You haven't seen those? I only see the regular cover. Like that seems mm-hmm. – uh, maybe they, they're scooped before I get to the shop. I'll put them in the thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, uh, Josh Williamson and, and Amanda uh, hit me up because they liked the variants we did for Stray Dogs, and they wanted to sort of do a reverse of that for Dark Ride, where instead of horror movies, uh, cartoons on horror movie covers do horror characters on cartoon movie covers. Um, and I was, uh, I, I said, like, that sounds fun. Let me bring in a bunch of my... Uh, my friends who did Stray Dogs covers or who like who we couldn't get on Stray Dogs covers and they'll do them and I'll art direct it and do the logos and all that stuff so it looks right. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but. So you are, you're reading this. Dark Ride, right? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I like Dark Ride. It's great. Yeah. yeah, it's super good. You know what the Williamson book that I did not get that I wish I would have read uh, was like, did the second Superman come out? Yes. Yeah, I missed that somehow. It wasn't in my shop. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, we're talking about Arcade Kings. We went <laughs> yes. We went on a bit of a tangent, uh, which you won't find any of in this book because it's well drawn. Uh, it's the story of uh, a kid named Joe who has a, a a little red head that looks like a tomato. Uh, and he's like a, a champion video game player and fighter. Uh, and we see at the very beginning, Joe, when he's a little kid, uh, watching his, what I assume is his stepdad, Victor McMax, who's like the champion fighter in their city, which is called like uh, Infinity City. So it's sort of like this heightened fight world where it's like, you know, arcades and gamers and and fighters um, uh, very manga influence, very Scott Pilgrim y. Um, and the artwork sort of also uh, feels a little like David LaFuente ish as well. Yeah. And, yep, yep, yep. and like, a, basically, like if it, Danny Warren Johnson did the roughs and LaFuente did finishes, is what it looks like to me. That's the that's the combination to get this, this Dylan Burnett character artwork very pretty very nicely done colors are great um but yeah so it starts out in the past we see these kids they're watching their stepdad or whatever some relation one of them calls him dad and the and the brother says like he's not our dad um and then that guy wins a big fight and then we cut to then he retires from fighting and then we cut to years later uh and we're living in a world where there's like a big statue of him and everybody you know, holds this guy in great reverence, and our guy Joe now looks very different. He's got a tomato head uh, with horns and like a a chevron. You know, like he's a what's that? Uh, strong bad. He looks like strong bad. I think kind of looks character? like a little bit like beautiful Joe. The, okay, the, the video yeah. game character. Yeah, beautiful. yeah. Um, just that, just that the head, not the rest of them. But yeah, he's like the the best video gamer in all these arcades and everybody wants to challenge him and so he fights many people in this issue and then the kid that works at the arcade gets hassled by some bullies and then he gets in a real life fight with these bullies and kicks their asses uh and then uh somebody shows up to challenge him at video games again but it turns into like a half video game half real life fight so it's sort of like they give you three fights in this thing and this guy joe uh kicks ass that's what happened. He's very good at at defending himself. Yes, but yeah. he picks up a robot somewhere along the way, right? Yeah, he gets, he gets a little a little, little buddy robot. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I there there's a uh, there are questions as you like to say, Tony. I have questions. Well, I do. Have at at the right. end of this, like um, Joe's searching for someone, right? During this issue. And we can assume that he's looking for his brother, Ken. So something happened to Ken along the line, and we don't know, right? Um, why did Joe's father, not father, um, McMax retire so mysteriously? What happened, right? How did he get uh, in the, thrown into a life of servitude fighting and whatever it was that he was fighting because that person that he was trying to escape wants him back hence the the 
the the the challengers that are thrown at him and so joe's always on the the he's always in motion he's like a shark right just going from place to place to place uh evading the person trying to find him while trying to find his brother like there's a lot of questions in this issue i i think which is good right because you don't want everything spelled out for you in the in the first issue i i true yeah it's neat it's i mean yes it's very kinetic and it, uh, you know, there's a lot of over-the-top fight action. So you know, you got your Shaw brothers on one side, but on the other, there, there's there's real relationships that were at one time made and are broken for whatever reason. We don't know, but that's what we got to find out. I thought the issue was a lot of fun. It was fun. Where, yeah. where did it say that he's trying to find his brother? I didn't say brother. He's looking for someone because. Um, Yes, he's searching. He's searching for someone. Blah blah blah. Let's see. Um, and I would love to throw. A lot. I mean, there's double page spreads in this thing. You know, the, you gotta tip your hat to the colorists on this. Um, yeah. And I, I believe we uh, we mentioned them, but I'll do it again. Uh, Walter Biamonte and Sarah Antonellini. The colors in this are just balls. Yeah, they're great, but they're they're. Uh, off the beaten path like you got purples and oranges and yellows and 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 ice blues all button up and yeah you know oranges button up together like it's not a very staid book it's not a um a by the numbers book it's this a lot of these things would look great on a t-shirt i think um where am i i'm looking for that thing for you but they know who i'm trying to find which means i have less time than i thought boom see yeah. Yeah, 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 I saw it too. Okay, all right. <laughs> like we talked about World Tree, I could very clearly tell you about. There's three different groups of people <laughs> trying to do, you know, or or what their path is going to be. This guy who was he kicked ass, and I got that. And I also because we saw like you know where he came from and like who he came from and that sort of thing. You sort of get like what what it's going to be, but. I wish I knew more what this guy, what he wanted in this first issue. Has he been genetically altered? Because if you look at the, the sequence in the first couple pages, like, that's just a normal looking kid. That's true. He looked like a normal kid at the beginning. And now he says, this is my head. Yeah. With, got this sort of like. Like a devil you know, fruit or whatever. Yeah. Like a candy shell on his head now. Yeah. Um, Passion fruit. Yeah, passion. Yeah. I will read more of this. I'm just saying, like, I like I didn't finish Dragon. I didn't finish it and go like, what happens next? I was just like, oh, it's fun. I'll read more. I I think not in in the uh, the style, but the spirit. This is a Kirby comic, right? Oh, all right. The the action is just like in your face. There's no escaping it. If you take two pages to show you know, the result of a fight. Like, that's awesome. Jack, Jack would be, Jack is smiling down. Oh, the action in this thing is great. If you yeah. like a fight comic, this this is one. Yeah. For sure. And there is a text piece in the back of the book that uh, mm -hmm. Dylan Burnett will tell you the whys and wherefores. Um, and then there's a double-page spread that says, Arcade Kings, issue one available in comic shops everywhere May 17th, 2023. And your final order cutoff is April 24th, 2023. So you still have time to order this thing. 
Nice. I'm looking for the Tony Fleece cover, but I don't really see it. Where is it? I didn't, they didn't reach out to me. Oh. Damn. They have my email. And there's a preview of I Hate This Place issue six in the back. So you just get a whole bunch of image goodness with this thing. Which is so weird. It says the seventh issue just came out, and this comes out well after that, and probably right around when the eighth issue's coming out. Yeah, yeah this PDF was made for Comics Pro, which was a couple months that's ago. That's true. Right. But isn't issue six the start of another arc in I Hate This Right, place? but issue seven just came out. Well, they'll seven have to... was what I talked about last week. Right. They'll just have to get both of them. Yes. Out of all of the books that we read for this week, image books, that is, mm-hmm. um, the one uh, with which I vibed the strongest was Arcade Kings. Yes, it was. Really? Yep. Yeah, I knew that going in, though. All right. Yeah, I kind of love it a lot. You don't want to see any of them die in a horrible fire, you're saying? No, no. I hope they all keep breathing, except the bad people. Oh. Yeah, it's it's those those fucks in, in World Tree I want to see burn horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor sweet podcasters in their Prius. Yeah. Know, oh like, God. Is there is there a lower life form than a podcaster? I think not. <laughs> no, I love them all. I, I like I said last week. I don't think there's. I mean, within recent memory, Image has not had this strong a pull on me in. Yeah, man. Wow, long time, long time. I was. Yep. I literally was thinking about that when I was when I was reading these books because I because I would looked at my stack and I ha- I bought uh, Clear from Dark Horse but I haven't read it yet. But other than that, it's just I got all image this week and and my in, in your travels is a is not an image book but like a ton of books that are all good and all different and uh, yeah they they really know what they're doing. You would think after all this time they would have had it down and they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's hope nothing ever happens to Eric Stevenson. What a career, right? I mean, uh, he he was. I talked about it. He was writing freaking Supreme, and now he's yeah. that. That's amazing. <sighs> did you uh, Nowhere Man that he did? No, I didn't read it either. But Tim, because uh, we were talking about characters for this uh, for this crossover thing, and I was like, you know, I bet Stevenson still owns this character he created in New Men. And uh, and Celia was like, oh yeah, he used him in Nowhere Man too. I was like, what? <laughs> How did I miss this? You know why? Because only I care that the character exit from New Men showed up in a book from 2010. Uh, but if that would have been in the solicit, I would have read it immediately. I believe Jason read Nowhere Men. That sounds like a Jason book. Yeah. It's, uh, it looked really... Uh, um, who's that motherfucker Jason loves so much? Uh, uh, Nate, uh, Hickman. Yeah, it does look very... It's very designy, like a Hickman book, yeah. But didn't uh, Nate Bel- Belgard draw it? Yeah. Yeah. That's talent. Oh, he's good. He's good. But um, <laughs> I got to admit... The, Kirkman's designy books lose me. Uh, like what? Just uh, like um, Nightly News and the... the oh, Hickman. What did I say? Kirkman? Yeah, Kirkman. Oh, yeah. Hick, Hickman's designy books. They just... they. <laughs> it's like saltpeter. I don't... I just can't read them. 
It is it is something for me to uh, that I have to push through for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't mind they, a know, little bit of the, charts all day long. Uh, yeah, the uh, the two pages in the X books, I don't mind that because sure. that 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 that's like a, a flourish. It's like a little setting in the stage. That's cool. But if if it's thirty two pages of that uh, with with illustration and you know the the whole uh you know the info dump that he likes to do no nah, I, I i just can't once he started getting uh super dope artists to go along with them on those things you know like if you got dragata right and and then you also get a chart here and there like then you're in good shape and they think the, the key is here and there yeah which yeah. is which is why used liberally uh, or or not liberally uh sparingly like in the x books that's fine that's cool because it 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 you're 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 world building but when it's every freaking page nah mm -mm. but when he was first doing that too like he'd never done that before nobody had ever done it before so it was sort of like a smart way to set himself apart and, and work with you know what he had access to which is his own art you know like he didn't have anybody else. Right, but if you're making your book in Adobe Illustrator, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> a hot, hot 2007 tape right here. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm sorry. Take that twenty-something job in heaven. <laughs> yeah, as he's laughing all the way to the bank. Right. Yeah. Oh shit! What else do we have, gentlemen? Do we have any more image so I can put the cap on this image or Rama or is that everything? Uh, I can do one more. Uh, it, I sort of alluded to it uh, when I was talking before about issue fours. I read Nemesis Reloaded issue four. Oh, nice. From uh, Mark Miller and the great Jorge Jimenez. The great. Good Lord. The drawing in this book <laughs> is like outrageous. Yeah. It makes me want to go read all this DC stuff, but it's it's like I don't know which one is for me. Super uh, Sons, Super Sons, you think? Yeah. All right, I'll give it a look. I, uh, uh, my buddy Dennis and Burnham were supposed to write that for a minute, and so uh, out of solidarity, I said, "Fuck that book." I, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the um, the 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 original run by Tomasi that, that yeah. Tomasi wrote. That's the one. Oh, okay. That's a little hot industry gus. Uh, but yeah, I'll check that out. If you say it's great, I'll read it. I like those characters. But this artist, uh, I don't need to tell any of you of it. He's like the most successful artist in comics right now. Uh, what a master. Uh, weird last page, though, is like a horse's asshole. <laughs> as I'm okay. Wow. Thanks, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a close-up of a horse's asshole, but it's just like a this angle of a horse I've never seen drawn before. It's interesting. Um. But yeah, he's taking real chances here. And Mark Miller, I I think it's funny that he did a like a relaunch on his own creator own comic. I don't know if anyone's had has that been done before, like a full reset where they're just like, you know, well, let's take another swing at this. Um, I think uh, it's interesting. That's no, a good Dread question. Dreadstar was a continuation. Which one? Dreadstar was a continuation, so that wasn't a reboot. Um. To take a uh, trouble with girls, maybe. Like they started it, and you know, I'm having a. 
I, huh. I feel like I can think of one too. Uh, I mean, you know, Eric Larson put out the different kind of Savage Dragon before. Oh, right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's but cool. yeah, anyway, you know, he did Nemesis with, uh, uh, with Civil War with McNiven years ago. And now he's, he's doing a, like a reboot where he's just like, you know what? I think I got a better idea for this thing. Um, and it is uh, super fun and nihilistic. You know, it's, it's basically Batman. But instead of the Waynes being philanthropists, they were serial killers. And so when they got captured and uh, put to death, their their son vowed to get vengeance on the whole world for them and became like the the Batman of serial killers. Uh, and so he's just, you know, tearing the whole world down in my hometown of Los Angeles, just burning the shit out of this place. Um, and uh, also... For Los Angelinos, when they go on the train in this uh, book, you can tell that, that that person does not live here because that's not what our trains look like. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, uh, okay. But this issue very beautifully drawn, and it's it sort of sets us up for this finale where we're headed to the last the last issue. And he's uh, Miller has been sort of teasing at this idea of like there's a conspiracy. There there was a a, a secret president in 1981 that nobody knows about. And it's been covered up. And so it's sort of leading to that, which which is sort of interesting. But I'm interested to see how that ties into the mayhem and the craziness of uh, just the, the nemesis going crazy. And is his name Nemesis? What's this fucking guy's name? It's a killer. White suit. We, we did read the original back in the day. Did you, Have you read this yet? Uh, not the Reloaded, no. Dap and I have oh. read... Uh, I think we read the first issue or two or whatever of the first one, and we're just like, eh, okay. Because yeah, I, I believe it came out from Marvel's Icon imprint, right? Yes. Yeah. Hence, you would dig this one a lot. Like, the art's great, uh, but the the relaunch that he did, basically he's just, like I said, like he was just like, I think I got a better angle on this. Um, uh, but it's just like madcap destruction. Like he's, got, he's And that's sort of what happened in the first one. But the but this one just feels like it, it's more uh, focused and and crazier. All right, check uh, it out. Yeah, beautifully drawn. Uh, but Are there titties in it. Uh, is there titties? I don't think there's titties. <laughs> uh, there, no, there's a little. I mean, there's a little bit of sexiness in the last issue. But for a fourth issue, like I said when I was talking about Black Cloak number four, this one definitely feels like it's. Uh, if I try to describe it when I was talking about the series later, I would not be able to say, like, that's the issue that X happens in. It's just sort of we're just moving the ball down the field to get to the ending. Um, you know, like, it's a fun ride, but there's not, like, any big oh shit moments in this one. Right. So Except let's, let's pull out the scorecard. Um, yeah. I'm going to... Um, cross black cloak off because i've read that book i've read all four issues and i love mm -hmm. it so i can't really rank it with these you know number ones i don't think it's fair so mm -hmm. uh we get we have uh terror war which you didn't read um world tree number one terror war number one we have uh arcade kings number one mm -hmm. of those of those three what gets your vote for being the most entertaining? Of those two. Three. Uh, I didn't read the other one. I think uh, Arcade King's definitely the best edited, like I said. 
uh, Amanda LaFranco killing it. Uh, but I think that for me, World Tree is the is the best one. Okay, Dap. It's uh, I well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't read Saladin's yet. Um, uh, World Tree is more up my alley. Hmm. Interesting. It's sort of Warren Ellisy. Like when I was reading, I thought like this. Yeah. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but without the swagger. <laughs> no, you know what yeah, I mean. Without the pomp, I mean, his, and even 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 World Tree uh, wasn't the best number one issue I read this week. Wow! Uh, just so we don't hip, uh, you know, hopscotch over Warren Ellis. Yes, I think it would be neat to see a new Warren Ellis book. I know the, the man has had his his problems and. Um, Whatever, but I don't know if he's done anything since the Wild Storm. Right. I mean, I would love to see a new book by Warren Ellis. So would I. Uh, I'm sure Repentance is is on the table or has been made or whatever. I don't want. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what the, what the man's personal life is like. But whatever. For things happened and he went away. Right. I. I would like to see more work. I will uh, kind of agree with you. I think whenever like uh, somebody gets consequenced like that, uh, who is a genius, I always think like, well, here's an opportunity for this genius to to like handle this and do something. Uh, like, like remember Dan Harmon got like nearly canceled and had that e- like he wrote that letter like a public letter apologizing and saying yes. like pointing out what he did. And and basically, like, illuminating for people, like, oh, yeah, you, if you do this kind of shit, you're kind of in the wrong, too. Like, you know, like, think think this all the way through, which I thought was, like, uh, a great way to handle that, you know. Would have been greater if he uh, had just not been a dick in the first place, but second best is handling it correctly. It, I would love to see, then like, what bummed me out with, like, uh, with, like, Louis C.K., is like he comes back, he goes back to work. Also a genius. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't handle it. Like he doesn't. Like somehow he can figure out the most like incredible joke premises or stories or you know directing or making shows and stuff. But he couldn't figure out like how do you how do you make like say here's what I learned, you know, and it, like have it be a joke or whatever. But like. You know, figure that out. I would. I feel like Warren Ellis, also a genius, could figure out how to do something and have it be like, "Here's what I've learned," or whatever. Because it's not like as creators, it's not like we don't write things that are about what what we're going through or what like what our lives are. And I can't like if I read any other thing from him, I'd just be like, "Well, what about that fucking huge thing you like you you were involved in?" You know. Like, so I just feel like I would like I was talking to friends about Warren Ellis stuff recently because he is great, you know, but it's just like there's this thing hanging out there that I that uh, he hasn't not like he hasn't come out like like you're saying he hasn't put something out. So it's not like he's fucked up again where he's just like, all right, forget all that. I think enough time has passed. Here's some new spy comics or here's you know, a new comic about technology or whatever. Like, right, let's I would love finish it. Dr. Sleepless. 
I think all would be forgiven if he just went back and did Felt, maybe. Remember when they announced that? That was crazy. Yeah. Um, I I believe uh, you're right. I think he's legit a genius. And I enjoyed things that he has written. I mean, you can't oh, write off. Awesome. Right, you can't you can't just excise Transmet from your memory. It's great. Transmet, planetary, global yeah. frequency. Yeah, no, there's I mean, he's He's definitely he definitely has work on my top ten of all time. It's just yeah. it's it's I and even to say I mean you know and yes this is also the man who wrote New Universal. Uh, of course that wasn't helped with the art, but it, there are um, you know I I would hope that when he does oh wait no he wrote that um uh that uh that, uh that there was a batman thing that i think either nolan or, or kevin nolan or, or brian hitch drew I think um does. okay uh i think that may have been like bi-monthly or something it was running concurrently with with the wildstorm thing but the wildstorm thing was going on for a couple of years anyway i would like um i'm hoping that when ellis does come back and and warren has a couple of books uh under his belt that I don't look at, at, at the current catalog and think that, you know, yeah, a transmit authority, things like that was, you know, I, I prefer that. Like I, th- that was when I, that's my golden age of, of Warren Ellis. I, I, I hope that, you know, you can kind of maybe when, when it does start writing with any regularity that, uh, that, that it's kind of on, on par with, with, with the level of that stuff. I don't think it 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 wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, the man has a very distinctive voice. He does. He always had really good ideas. Oh um, yeah. So Which Freak Angels was a lot of fun, if you want to call yeah, it but his, fun. His his work is also always very confident, and I feel like if he's not shaken <laughs> by what is what what happened, you know, by the accountability and that type of stuff, like like would that show up in his work? Right. Mm, yeah. Like that's that's what I think about. You know, like if like like we talked earlier when I said that like the, there's a certain confidence that comes with learning how to do this thing. Like that's a guy that was confident, and, and you could read it in his writing. And I I would be I would be curious to see how like if he if he still had his swing. I think so. I think what you're saying is is interesting. What you're saying is that you think that a component of what he's been through would be to lose some of that confidence because I don't know, like person, like if it was me, I I would be a, a complete wreck. Like I, because, because yeah, like a, you don't want to show up in the work, like in that way. Like you don't want to people, like, I don't want people reading my books going like, Oh, Tony, uh, you know, one time he was a dick to me or whatever, you know, like I, I try to make sure that I'm, I'm just like, uh, invisible hand that makes the work and puts it out you know if anything you know i come on here uh you know like i seem like i'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent person and then people go like oh right on this is fine you know but to have like this big negative thing that that people are coming in with like i don't know how that wouldn't fuck with you but, right you know. so so you say part of the um, I'm what I'm getting. I don't want to read anything into your words, but part of the repentance process would be to not be as confident because you're vulnerable. You that yeah. that, that swagger that you had, maybe all that bravado 
was born of the thing that made you do the thing that you did, right? I often think, uh, I, like, I, I, like, when you think back about, like, what the worst thing you ever did, you know, like, whenever this happens, whenever somebody gets called out for some shit, you just go, like, yikes. And then I think, like, but do I have any skeletons like that, you know? Like, and I certainly don't have skeletons like that. But I think everybody can think back to, like, the worst thing you ever said or whatever, you know? And I just imagine somebody popping up online and just going, like, remember one time you called me this? And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. And so, I, like, I, hmm. I think about that. Uh, but I also think about, like, I have, uh, as an observer, and this might just me being, being cocky, but I do feel like I, I would be the best canceled person. Like, I feel like I would handle it incredibly because I see people <laughs> do it and I'm just like, you're fucking up. You're all fucking up. Like, nobody does it right. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you want to go down that road, I can always, I, I can accuse you of something if you want. Please <laughs> don't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just a thing. It's it's gonna have to be theoretical because I don't actually want to go through it. But if it, if if ever I was uh, held to account for some horrible shit that I had done, I feel like I could really, uh, I could really do it correctly. I would do the accountability, and then I would you know make it a part of my work. And, and nice. <laughs> I, I sent him for hamburgers. I gave him a 20. I didn't get any change. That damn Tony Fleece. Because you sent him the five guys. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> I'm not getting canceled for stealing your change. I think, I think we're, we're minimizing. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that I don't want to make up something dire because then it's not funny. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're not the Jew in this relationship. So if I accuse him, I can me my change back. <laughs> I didn't say that. <sighs> you didn't have to that's why i'm here what else do we have let me take a look at the clock on the wall first oh look at that is it digital or analog it is digital we're just about two hours yeah we still have some time uh do you want to tag on a first issue vince i do um let's see if i, ha I have it right here uh I'm gonna Thick. let you, I'm gonna let you talk about it, but I just want to lead with saying that I when we were at New York Comic Con, uh -huh. I did not put a whole lot of stock in uh, neither the booth neither 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 the booth that this company had nor their um, product mm -hmm. or what I what I perceived to be their product, but. I have a lot of their titles on my pull list. Oh, okay. Yes, of which, um, like, one of them didn't even come out yet. The one about the, the Transformers-like one. Um, Astro Bots, what, I don't even know what the name of it is. But, I, I mean, if you look at my, uh, what I've read in the, the, the Slackeroni, I have been dragging along... Um, Liquid Kill for two issues, and I haven't talked oh, about okay. it yet. Uh, but uh, this uh, Dap and I both read Griffin, number one. Um, Galaxy's Most Wanted, which was uh, written by Ben Kahn with art and color by Bruno Hildago, color assistance by James Penyafiel, 
and lettering by Sal Cipriano. It's $5.99. I got the Rufus Dayglow cover. Um, it's The book is $5.99, but don't let that dissuade you because aside from two pages in the back, you're getting 48 pages of art and story. Or 46 pages, hence yes, the two in the back. So you're getting 46 pages of art and story. Tell them why you liked it, Dab. Uh, I have the cover, the, the, the main cover by uh, Bruno. Um, the shop did not have the Star Trek. I was looking at that. I'm like, why didn't I? Because I saw you put on, on your, your list that you read this. I'm like, ah, I bet you he bought the Star Trek cover. I wish. I wish. No, it was not an option. Because uh, I saw it. I saw it on the rack when I went to the shop yesterday and I was like, all right, you know what? And, um, then I immediately added it to, uh, to my pull list from here on out. So that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what the various covers were. Uh, then I got home and I saw that you posted your one day's comics hall and I was like, Oh, that's not my cover. So then I flipped through the back and I saw how many different covers there were. I was like, Oh shit, there's a Star Trek cover. Um, but this was uh, this was one of those things where I just decided to what the hell. Um, I had a couple bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I um, I don't know if if we only got like if this was a typical first issue where we only got like twenty two thirty pages. I don't know if I would continue it because Griffin is i you know they're the star of the show but definitely not the type of person that uh i mean i'm not i mean i'd be getting ever go grady but she's basically like a grown-up louise belcher it, it's just her attitude which which is why i'm kind of grooving to it because i'm like i put up with it when i think about it like that but uh griffin is imprisoned she's uh she's she's a uh she is in court uh, at the start to answer some questions. Um, and, uh, and she is, she's extremely loud and vocal and quite out of line, uh, as far as how she, she wants to express herself and, and, and how this whole thing is, uh, she's spilling truths and, and, uh, and, and the people in the courtroom aren't, uh, First of all, that's not even close. To, her, her ramble has nothing to do with what they asked her. Like whatever she's answering, wasn't the question that uh, <laughs> that they put forth. But that, which was a nice way to kind of just get you up to speed on the tone and the humor and the attitude of of the book. So I had no problem with that. Uh, we, we are introduced to the characters uh, pretty pretty quickly, uh, aside from Griffin. Um, we also get Telica, who is a, um, she's, she's a member of the resistance. There are, uh, we're, we're in space and on the, uh, the, the penitentiary, the, the penitentiary cruiser, <laughs> the RSS Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not the only no, ship we're going to hear about. There's a ship called the Cheney. Yes, the RSS <laughs> Fucking Cheney. Cheney. 
Jesus. And, and someone's like, gross. Uh, so we kind of have an idea as to what the mindset of the military is. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so so Griffin is a uh, not necessarily a model prisoner. She um, she throws attitude at everybody and kind of gets some back because the uh, the crew is kind of just fed up with her. She basically um, she's uh, she's considered a traitor. Well, it's just, that's just what I'm going to say. It's, it, this is basically a court martial. The, 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 this trial that she's on. Uh, so. Um, she is this is all coming together pretty easily because uh, Telica is trying to is going to break Griffin out and uh, Griffin has her own ideas of breaking out so uh, Telica's plan doesn't really go <laughs> the way she wants um, and Griffin is kind of take charge but on her on their way to escaping they have to stop by and um, and get Griffin's in air quotes boyfriend uh who is a um who, who has a very scientific mind uh he is um what the hell was his name uh the, the elliot Dow. yeah supposedly the smartest man in the universe yes uh he's he's uh he's basically cybernetically enhanced um neural cybernetics uh so so they managed to get to a ship and they are on their way out. Unfortunately, they're being chased. Telica's planet. Uh, this was this was something else that was pretty neat. The um, the, the person chasing Griffin, the uh, the 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 Admiral Hunter. Um, we find out that these that 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 the this military basically when when they recruit or or, or they steal when 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 they bring people into the fold uh they basically do it at such a young age where like they separate them from the family and and so there's no there's no familial connections they don't you know there's no love lost um so to punish delica they're going to basically cut off her home planet uh from the resources that the uh, that 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 the empire, for lack of a better term, is is offering, and uh, like that, we can't do that. We can't let them just languish like that. We have to save them, and it's not it's not a wise decision. That's not that's not a battle that they can win, and um, that's there is nothing. The, the 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 admiral who's hunting Griffin realizes that they have that. There's nothing that they can offer that uh, there's no family to threaten. So, so it's not like Tele can come back or return with Griffin. Uh, it, it's like, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's no bargaining here. And so they just, they go one step beyond practically genocide. And they're just like, well, then we'll just kind of just erase the planet from, from our charter. Uh, the, the whole space battle is insane the back and forth there's 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 some sex there's some there's a lot of violence uh get to see a guy are, get cut in half a couple of guys cut in half heads and 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 uh don't give her green jello basically there's just uh, it's i really really like the art um 
it's a uh it's um it's reminiscent of a bunch of things we've seen in recent years from whether it's oni uh or image or i just it's not quite um oh shoot who's the i remind you of toby cypress Okay, yeah, I can see that. Not 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 as exaggerated in the limbs, maybe, but I can see that. No, and the the, the guy that did um, blood force trauma, um, uh, Jake Smith. Did so if you took like Jake's a lot clean, more of a clean line than Toby Cypress, but uh, the 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 anatomy's very exaggerated. At this, uh, you know, bigger heads, longer legs, uh, spindly uh proportions um but the the thing that got me about this book is it doesn't take itself too seriously no it does not it while there's it's basically it has um a a huge debt to to pay to george lucas because it's basically evil empire uh resistance forces you know trying to to extinguish said uh evil empire uh where Griffin is, I see her as like a body Han Solo. If if Han would stop to do the nasty in the middle of a battle, like there's one point in this book where the she's got her legs spread and you know uh, what's his face the Elliot's going to town. Yeah, he's just like he's taking her temperature. And then, like what? And then, and then like the next panel, he's wiping his face off. He's oh yeah, he's, he's, just, uh, yeah. he's just like yeah, I finished that. I need a glass uh, of sarsaparilla. <laughs> But <laughs> now nah, it's a cool book. It um it it's it's uh, again tongue in cheek a lot of it. It's it's all battles and and fights and foul language and people getting killed and I just enjoyed it. I I again it was when I was going through the previews I thought ah that looks kind of neat and why not I'll just I'll order it. So I I'm pre-ordered for I think four issues now five issues whatever. But okay. I, yeah, I feel like this was a a, a, a learning experience because, th- to be totally honest with you, while we're on the subject of of whatnot, um, Liquid Kill is yeah, <sighs> it's a decent book, but it's way too freaking dark. Uh, let's just put it this way: I bought the first issue of Liquid Kill. Because it featured a cover by Kim Young Ji, okay. and it's it's it was stated to be, if not his last, one of his last works. So I I, I said, well, I love his work. What the hell? Why not? I'll buy this issue. Um, it's it's very dark, and I don't mean in tone. I mean. Visually, it's a dark freaking book. And it seems like everything takes place either at night or in the confines of a, a dark ship or a dark casino. Or I, I, I enjoyed it, but two issues are like that. And the second issue, I don't have it here, so I can't tell you who did the cover. But uh, the premise is there's a squad of very efficient female mercenaries. And they're all very sexy. Uh but the cover features them with a white background, all doing these jumps and these real, real, you know, uh, uh, kinetic, 
uh, frenetic, just boom, these action poses. And it's very stylized and very anime uh, of that. Like, they're all thick. They got nice booties and stuff. You know what I mean. The, that, that visual, that aesthetic. And I thought, oh, maybe this issue gets brighter. It doesn't get brighter. Um, but, but like the, the, the gist of it is a young lady was saved by a man who uh, raised her. And in the present day, the man is kidnapped by someone else. And she and her female mercenaries are going to rescue them from this impenetrable casino. That's it. But it's dark as hell. I thought, like, what, is my light not working? Uh, but it's it's a very low chroma, very low key book. Will it get brighter? I don't know, but um, I'm enjoying it. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's not the the best um, review because it, it, chances are, if you're raised on four color comics, this book's like you're going to be like, what the hell's going on? This book is so freaking dark, I can't even tell what's going on. There there are scenes at night on on the ocean. There are scenes in a casino, and they all look the same. <laughs> yeah but it's i don't know it i it's fun so whatever but this that sounds, sounds quite the opposite i'm sorry i can't i can't really promote the book because it's a dark muddy mess right yeah i i take it as intentional maybe it's not but for right now it's only two issues in so um i'm guessing it's intentional why I don't know, because if the if the premise is a squad of female uh, action heroes, like why wouldn't you want to brighten that up? Show some of the the, mm. give me some of that cheese, right? Whatever. But this Griffin was totally different. This is a very bright book. It is, and as long as you um, you have a slightly warped sense of humor, you have no problems with uh, yeah. With, with 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 how people want to refer to themselves, what kind of relationships they're in, uh, the problem with violence, and it's 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 a very cartoony looking book. It's not a thing; it, it doesn't take it so seriously. The art is not is is very, uh, like Vince said earlier, exaggerated in spots. Um, it's not politically correct. It's definitely not politically no. correct, and and there's you know, it, it it's not necessarily very straightforward either because we find out that there's another reason why this admiral is. Uh, is after Griffin and and it's it it's I you know I don't know who the hell we can trust I don't you know everybody's got an attitude Elliot could have you know he he, he could have made it so that uh, what the hell is it? he um he said no I could have I just didn't want to he was uh there was one part where he could have um oh damn I passed the page but you know. Telica's like I thought you could have basically prevented them from from uh, getting caught or uh, or captured, and, and she's like I thought you said you couldn't do it. He says no, I I, I could, I just didn't want to. And it's like, I, so, so so there's some laziness going on here. There's a little bit of a slacker mentality, which isn't yeah, definitely isn't in my wheelhouse. 
but it's still um but here's the deal dude. In, oh there we go yeah and you you're the smartest guy in the galaxy and you couldn't fix the damaged console after he's done eating her out he's like i could i just didn't want it it's like oh, i just it's there, there are things where it's like you guys could just be so much further ahead if you maybe just apply just a little bit and i'm not yeah. saying you know you got to make it a nine to five job but just obviously with some maybe just, just a little bit of urgency just a little bit that's all i'm asking for well so, maybe he should ask for first class tickets Maybe. And if, you know, if, <laughs> anyway, if they fix the world the first time. Listen to this. But it's on the on the Slack. Ray bought this issue, and he's like, "Yeah, it's real good. I loved it, and it's got gore and action. It's it's great art." And Jason chimes in, looking forward to reading it. <laughs> if there's Ooh. a book, yeah. Right? Jason's like, "No, no, you're not gonna like this book, dude." <laughs> That's going in someone's care pack. <laughs> oh my. God. Woo, glad we're talking about it tonight. He's not going to buy this book. There's no way. He probably did pre-order it. He just and, and he'll read it, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." No, he's not buying uh, singles. He, he he'll read the digital if they does. What not even have digital? I don't know. I don't think they do. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But the thing that scares me about whatnot is they now have the heavy metal license. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the last issue of Heavy Metal from the previous people is coming out. And then I'm in for three issues of the, the relaunched Heavy Metal. Okay. 148 pages for nine ninety nine. I could not say no. But I don't know how good it's going to be. But I'm, my fingers are really crossed because we need a good Heavy Metal. We need it. We need... Something that lives up to the pedigree of that book, and the 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 Tim Seeley Grant Morrison runs, they did that did didn't do it. Yeah, where do you go to to get the talent that you would put in a heavy metal nowadays? Like it's the Vince B era heavy metal. Like what sort of like because you want to you want to bring like people who we know and have them do stuff they haven't been allowed to do before. Or right. Like, you got to you know, curate. Straight out of the park or, and you also want to find new people. Like, where do you look? Where do you start? You have to curate it, right? You yeah. have to, you have to um, not only have a, a, a bunch of really talented friends, which we do. I, I would, who would I get? Daniel Warren Johnson. I would get Matthew Allison. Um, you, you know, yourself. Uh, I mean, there there are a bunch of dudes. I don't want to you know go all into it, but there, you know who I get. If Richard Corbin was alive, I'd be throwing money at him. To, to, I think Matthew Allison is is the like because I'm not, I can get the pure Daniel Warren Johnson whenever he puts something out. Like I feel like there's, but Matthew Allison he's also doing his his most purest work. But it would be like a, a, a like a boost, you know, like getting him out to a wider audience, hopefully. Yeah, like you need you need to be plugged in to the socials. There there are scads of talented individuals on Instagram and Twitter and 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 uh, Reddit and all that shit. But you know you got to know where to look, right? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of of people just just hungry to be in heavy metal. It's an interesting challenge. I think you also like I would think about like who's somebody who. Uh, I haven't seen their pure from their heart work because they just haven't been given the opportunity, right? Like, right. 
In my in my in your travels, I'm gonna have somebody that I feel like I just want them to have like their masterpiece, you know, okay. and like I feel like that's a place where maybe it's a little out of the way. Like the dream for me is like, say you're Robert Kirkman, um, and like what what he's done is very smart because he's just sort of like making comics and owning a piece of them and and doing the thing that you do, like you know the business people do. But like, I feel like if I if I end up in that situation by some like if I you know did a Walking Dead or something, I would be like you know, Arthur Adams. Here's the money you need to live. Stop just doing a million you know Marvel covers and do your masterpiece, right? Yep. Like your book that goes on a shelf. We always joked in the studio that we if we hit the lottery we would hire Arthur Adams to finish Monkey Man and O'Brien. <laughs> that would be the greatest waste of money of any lottery winner ever. It's just like fantastic. <laughs> you, you mentioned Burnham. Burnham's in the studio with you. Uh, well, he was. Yeah. I. You know, next time you see him, say you did a great job on Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Oh, good. Yeah, Burnham and Dennis both were in the studio with me. But those are those are my guys. Yeah, the writer. They had to fuck it up by putting Batman in it, but it was a good issue. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, I know. You got to expect show that. For it. Like, the point of the, of this Doom Patrol is, like, setting it solidly in the DC Universe and having it have a different point of view from other super teams in the DC Universe. So, like, yeah. to to set that up, the, the easiest way to do that is just be like, you know, Batman. I'm glad you like said that. that. The easiest way, right? Uh, <laughs> well, you could have put the, the no. You could have put Blue Devil in it. Like there, there would have been a bunch of off, off the beaten path heroes. I mean, it, it's the old thing, you know. Okay, Batman. Yeah, whatever. Like I, I don't know. I just yeah. yeah. But what, neither here nor there. But um, well, another thing for he wanted to come on here and talk to you guys about this book. So if you're if you read a couple more and you want to talk to those guys, I can hook it up. Oh, great. Um, no, for another thing, for a, a viable relaunch of heavy metal, it not only has to be rooted in the present, it has to be rooted in the past. How do you do that? Well, I'm sure that uh, Mobius or Corbin or Drier, they have tons of sketchbooks that have never <laughs> been reprinted or, or, or printed, right? Plumb yeah. the plumb the depths of those guys' archives, right? Get in touch with the people who know, and just get those get the stuff that nobody has seen from the guys that founded the freaking thing. It doesn't have to be sequentials. Just get some art in there. I think I I could do it. I think I could do it. I would love for to see that happen. I got yeah. that Mobius uh, Dante's Inferno that he illustrated. That's in it's in like Italian or something. But it just has like illustrations by him. Uh, you could reprint those illustrations. That'd be yeah, great. Sure. It's just so sad. Like there, there was some issues of the the well, most issues of the the Sealy. I don't want to, you know, sh- shit on Tim. Yeah. What but, a shithead! No, it just it just didn't like. It, I think it was heavy metal only in name. And I realize how hard it is to live up to that to scale that lofty peak like we're talking heavy metal that the 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 adult illustrated fantasy magazine that set the stage for everything to come 
right? It, it, yeah. it, it influenced Marvel. It influenced DC. There was like ridiculous uh, permutations out of that book. Who knows? But unfortunately, maybe that's okay to just have it have that little chunk of brilliance and then the rest of it just kind of like fade out. Maybe it should just go away. I don't know. But I think it's it's it go away either, you know, like you could just stop reading it. <laughs> like that was your time. To everything there's a season. Yes, Aww. this is true. This is no, you're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that's a good point. But, but these I, people make a living and then you can just go about your go about your day. Right. But I mean I'm a romantic. When you say heavy sure. metal, that that is an unattainable height. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, like I agree with you. I think the the, the plan that you lay out is the, is the way you get the best heavy metal magazine out of it. But I also think that a lot of times when people end up making new heavy metal, they also end up with a with like a budget that is not commensurate with what you're talking about. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think uh, there was a lot of glad handing with when Morrison was in charge, like whatever. Um, hey, everybody! This episode has been brought to you by who? Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Oh, I like the way you say that. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Max and Company, get over there because if you place an order, um, and you'll save money. Believe me, just I always do the comparison between cheapgraphicnovels.com and Amazon, and you will save a lot more on collected editions, omnibus, and manga by going to cheapgraphicnovels.com. Um, but if you're going to place your order and you're going to get a confirmation email saying, thank you for your order, you're awesome, you're going to reply to that email by saying, you know who sent me? 11 o'clock comics. And Max is going to say, well... Here's a good deal for you because your next order, you're not going to pay any shipping at all. And that's awesome. That's when you order the boatload of books and save even more. Cheapgraphicnovels.com Let's see. What do I want to talk about here? Okay, I'll talk about this because this will be nice and fast. And um, it's I won't go into detail about the stories in this book. Uh, but I will um, relate some of my experiences with these characters. I just received and read and loved very, very much the fabulous furry Freak Brothers. <laughs> it's Tony episode now. Yes, it is. This is volume four. You're awesome. This is volume Dude, he's got the box now. He doesn't have the air conditioner in the window. Um, this is volume four. And if you're paying attention, Fanagraphics is printing these out of uh, order. So I think we got volumes four, five, and six so far. Um, and that's all that's been released. And I believe... Oh, okay. So I, okay, so I, I have... Because there's no numbers on the actual cover, right? Yeah, on the spine. Is it on the spine? Yeah. Okay, the spine. Um, uh, beautiful. I think I've only gotten three so far, but all right. So that's yeah. So you're you don't don't think oh my god I can't find one and two because they haven't been printed yet. Okay. Um, 
Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, Grassroots, and Other Follies by Gilbert Shelton, Dave Sheridan, and Paul Mavrides. Uh, again, this is volume four. Beautiful, uh, although unnecessary, die-cut cover. It, I mean, it's nice. It's cool. It's 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 really well done. The the logistics and printing something like this is is it's you know it's not a walk in the park. You got to hope that shit doesn't shift along the the way. But I like it. But I do believe it's it's kind of excessive. But I don't want to talk about the stories. Um, I want to talk more about the actual Freak Brothers themselves. When I first encountered these guys. Like, they scared the shit out of me. <laughs> because I'm okay with aliens and galactic battles and shit on other planets. But when you show me something real, like three guys whose, you know, desire nothing more than to get high. Like, that does not compute. I don't get it. I didn't get it as a kid. Uh, these 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 comics felt dangerous. I felt like I shouldn't be reading them, that they were way out of my, my age bracket, and they probably were when I first encountered them. But um, I thought, okay, this Gilbert Shelton guy, like, he looks familiar to me. Wait a minute. He he did the cover of The Grateful Dead's Shakedown Street. And you draw the line, like, the drug culture and, and Grateful Dead, like, this was just dangerous, dirty comics to me. Not dirty in a sense of, of like explicitness, but dirty like street wise comics that I didn't completely understand. Like the the the, the desire to obtain um, illicit substances and and just you know that's their goal in a lot of their goals in lives were their lives was just to just to find this stuff and experience life. You know, baked, uh, which I get it now. But as a, as a younger person, I didn't get it at all. I didn't understand it. Uh, but that was the allure, right? Um, I probably didn't understand a lot of it when I first encountered it. So rereading these things as a quote adult, <laughs> be that as it may, uh, it, it, it's it's enlightening to me because I again the stuff that didn't connect way back in the day is now making perfect sense, and I find Sheldon and and company even more brilliant. So um, I I like Fantagraphics because they yes this is currently a, an animated series on Tubi with yep. uh, Woody Harrelson and John Goodman and and uh, others. Um, so yes, there is a reason why they're they're undertaking this uh, task of reprinting all of it for archival purposes and to cash in on the show. Should it be a hit? I don't know if it is. Is it? I mean, it's. I haven't watched any of it yet. I haven't so seen it. Either. I'm not sure what. Uh, I don't even know if I have a Tubi login. Um, oh, I but one. I wanted to. I, I wanted to get one just to watch this, but I don't know if. Like, I don't know if, if if they like just did a complete season and pushed it out. I don't know if they were renewing it. If it was, I I, I, I haven't heard anything about the status of the show. Yes, but um, uh, this stuff was the uh, relegated to to head shops and um, 
mostly bookstores, right? Back in the day where, you, you know, you'd have your your used books and then you'd have your underground comics in a in a glass case by the register along with, you know, the, the bongs and the paraphernalia and stuff. And that's what this makes me remind, reminds me of, like a musty, dingy um, used bookstore that also carried underground comics back in the day with the drug paraphernalia and the, the poster of candy on the wall, you know, and the Grateful Dead stuff. Like, I love this era, but I didn't back then <laughs> because I didn't really understand it. And now mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of do. And it makes me wish that I paid more attention Instead of being um, afraid of it, I wish I embraced it. But say la vie, right? Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers, Grassroots and Other Follies from Fanographics, Volume 4. It's a hardcover with a beautiful die-cut cover, and it only retails for $22.99. So you should be in on this entire series. There's only six of them. This should be in everyone's library. Yes. Yeah, my, uh, my third volume is... Shipping should be in the next box. Nice. So that's cool. All right. Um, in your travels is the is my favorite number one of the issue the 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 best first issue I read this week um, so far anyway. I'm not going to go too deep because I checked with Jason this afternoon and he is also reading it. So hopefully we can team up on it when he's back. But I do just want you all to run out or slightly jog however you want to get to the shop if you are a fan of the great british bake-off or the great british baking show depending on where you watch it um i would definitely recommend the great british bump off by john allison Max Saren, Sammy Boris, and Jim Campbell. Um, the art is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Max Saren probably may have last seen on uh, the first Harley Quinn animated series, miniseries written by T. Franklin. Um, the, uh, the the Bank Hill Tour miniseries. The, the, like I said, the art is absolutely phenomenal. Um, hit the ground running uh, as far as getting a feel for who the players are in this story. It's a whodunit because it's a, is a bit of a murder, a murder mystery, or at least a poisoned mystery. Um, the, if, if you do, if you are familiar with um, GBBO, you will definitely um, recognize the tent um, the judges and, uh, the judges are great cause it's, um, it's Pete Hollywood instead of Paul Hollywood, uh, and Fanny Craddock, who is, um, who looks like a, uh, very old silent film star practically. Uh, but the, um, the, the conversations that, the amateur bakers have in the tent uh, with the judges, the way the judges are walking around everybody. Uh, those are there. Those are present, but the, uh, the mystery aspect of it, the whodunit um, 
kind of takes center stage. And, um, you know, we don't know who's doing what. We're, we're to give a little bit of, um, we get a glimpse of a couple of the contestants. So you may have an idea as to who's doing what, but I don't necessarily think with this first issue and how quickly things are moving along and how we haven't met everybody yet. Uh, as far as personality goes that um, we may not know it, it, it may be, it may be a red herring, but uh, this was, this was a blast. I enjoyed it so much. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, as soon as I saw it solicited, I, I mean, I knew that I, I think I, when I first got the press release from dark horse, I, I posted it on the Slack to give everybody a heads up. And then when it was solicited, uh, immediately put it on my pull list at the shop, told the, uh, the shop that, uh, that I was adding it. One of the guys there wrote back and said that uh, he thanked me for the heads up because his girlfriend watches bake off. And, and so she'll get a kick out of this. And my coworker, um, my bread baking coworker and his baking wife, um, when the, uh, when the trade comes out, I'll probably, um, I'll, I'll pick it up for them so they can read it. But this was a blast. Uh, you'll, you'll hear more about it next week. Uh, providing Jason reads it, and we can talk about it thoroughly there. Uh, gives you time to read it. But yeah, in your travels, the great British bump off from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, love it. In your travels, um, this is a spendy one this week, uh, but the, the best money you're ever going to spend uh, from IDW and from Marvel Comics, from Scott Dunbeer and Kevin Nolan, it's the Marvel Heroes Artist Edition. By uh-huh. Kevin. Uh, holy crap. This thing, uh, there's not a page that isn't beautiful. To just uh, a whole career's worth of Kevin Nolan artwork in one place. Um, and at its original size and printed, you can see, not that he uses a lot of whiteout because he's a master, <laughs> uh, but every line you can see, you can sort of see the brush strokes. It's great. Um, it has pages from New Mutants 51, which is a, a, a favorite of mine. Um, and it has the whole story from the recent um, uh, Immortal Hulk that he did. Um, but he's one of the ones I, I was talking about when I said, like, I, like he does. there's not a Kevin Nolan shelf book, right? That's just like, this is the one that, that, that you know, when you think Kevin Nolan, that's the book you think of. But in the back of this, there's a three-issue fully painted, like with dyes and and colors and stuff, uh, Man-Thing story with him and Steve Gerber. Um, Hmm. Oh, they put that in there. It's not really collected anywhere except for there's a Steve Gerber Man, like complete Steve Gerber Man-Thing trade that has this and a bunch of other stuff. but I'm really fascinated by this now because I had no idea about this thing, but it is fucking beautiful. Like Kevin Nolan drawing it, coloring it, uh, and it looks like he did it all, obviously did it all by hand because this is an artist edition and it's in color here. So um, just like in the Sienkiewicz one, when you get the painted pages, it's just such a stark, you know, like you're just going along with an original art and then you're just like, holy shit, look, he painted that. Um, so yeah, this this thing is great. Um, there's one or two in here that's like uh, Kevin Nolan inks over Mignola, um, and that's cool. Um, but it's a 
I think it's an artist's. No, they just call it an artist edition. Now, I remember they used to have different terms for like if it had full stories or whatever. I, I just call them all artist editions. No, they're, it's artist edition if they're the hardcover, artisan's edition if they're the paperback. Well, that's what they're doing now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of great Doctor Strange stuff in here. Uh, it's just like a, a random uh, sampling of, like I said, like a whole career's worth of stuff from very early Kevin Nolan to stuff, you know, in the pandemic era, Kevin Nolan. Um, and it's beautiful. He's a master, and uh, this is uh, the presentation that you're that you want when you're when you're looking at a master's work, the Kevin Nolan Marvel Heroes Artist Edition. Get it from CheapGraphicNovels.com. Yes, indeed. That's a good idea, Tony. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. Round, get yourselves to a uh, comic shop or cheapgraphicnovels.com and buy some comics and love them and read them. Come over here and talk about them if you want. Uh, remember, we have a Patreon. We don't like to mention it much, but I'm gonna, on the tail end, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe. Uh, audio, video, images, downloads, Yes, Page, downloads. Downloads pages every Look day for the download link uh, and the dedicated Slack channel where we all gather. Was that while you're there? While you're while you're visiting the Patreon page and perusing all the images and and Jason's videos, uh, do me a favor because we'll uh, be making a decision probably by this time next week, uh, maybe before this time next week actually, so we can announce the book of the month next week uh so yeah go to the site um look for the book of the month tag so uh because by now it's buried beyond the past the first page um and click on the google form link so you can add your suggestion and uh we will be making that pick soon this weekend and uh let you all know what it's going to be so we didn't pick the book of the month then, huh? Not yet. We have it. Wow. Okay. Yes. All that stuff. Um, and uh, remember, CheapGraphicNovels.com. We love you so much. Say goodnight. Tony, make some noise. <laughs> wow. Got a kazoo? <laughs> it's almost like... <laughs> It's almost like the Krusty Krab training video. <laughs> uh, David. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Good night. Vince, did you read that uh, Man Thing story when it came out? Yes. I, ha I think I have the Gerber, that's one Gerber trade thing. That Gerber trade thing. Yeah. Should I track it down, or am I good just having that beautiful artwork presented like this? No, you don't have to, nice. No, just stick with what you got. All right, good. If it reprints the three issues, right? I believe it was three. Yeah, I think it's Yeah, okay. no, you're good. You're good. Probably a much better presentation than the one I got. I mean, I can't imagine a better presentation than this. Yeah, Except it doesn't have letters on it. But, yeah, just it's like you're staring right at the pages. Look at you. Deep pockets is <laughs> pockets, please. Getting shallower. Uh, if I keep this up. <laughs> <laughs>
but I do have a I do have a nice shelf of artists artist edition is artists edition editions artists I don't know how you say the plural artists editions is whatever works for you <laughs> the prestices um and big books you feel like working on a Star Wars book meanwhile you got one no would you like to uh you know what I I say this all the time I did the Star Wars adventures uh-huh. book. Right, and I I felt like I scratched that itch, and I and I have a a real freedom from having done that. That I don't. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing out there that that haunts me. That just like, oh, I really got to do this. So it it really frees me up to to sort of follow my creative bliss. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. Part of my uh, the journey that you were talking about. That long journey. Yes, you've arrived though, so you don't have to worry well, about that. Well, I'm still journeying. I don't know about that. You hear that plane going overhead? That's the journey that I'm on. Oh, you're Lear Jets landing right outside? <laughs> That's right. My PJ. Dropping turkeys. All right, everybody. Uh, we're out of here. Come back next week. Uh, Jason will be here. That could be a plus or a minus for you. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but we love you. Tell them, we, tell them how much you love them. They're the bomb. That's it for that one. <laughs>